0: Hello everyone, happy 2020. Welcome to episode number 139 of the Classic Gaming Podcast. Today's date is January 14th of the year that I just said a second ago. I'm Robert Ring and with me is Jay Tataru.
1: Hello, it is 2020, that's freaking nuts.
0: Yeah, how do you feel about that? No different.
1: We're already halfway through the month, which is incredible, but... <sighs> no yeah, it's, no been, it's
0: been a long time. Uh, did you make some New Year's resolutions? No,
1: I I'm I'm of the belief of like if you want to do stuff like that, start doing it ahead of time. Don't wait till New Year's type, type mentality. Yeah.
0: You know what I'm I generally am as well. That's that's I used to never make New Year's resolutions because I did the exact same thing. I'm like if there's something that yeah. I need to change, let's change it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, I actually did make one this time because I was like I didn't have anything in mind. But since it was New Year's, I just started thinking. You know what? You know, is there something that I could do better? And that got me thinking. That one thing that I do that I'm bad about is like if I have a a big project or anything that I'm working on, you know, kind of long term or not even long term, just pretty much anything. I never take time to plan it out beforehand. I just jump in because I'm Hmm. just like eager to get started and get going. I feel like any planning is just wasted time, uh, even though, you know, planning obviously helps you out in the long run. Uh, So that's a big problem that I have is like I just, I just go like, even with work, I just like start doing stuff. I don't take time to think about what's, you know, what I should be doing, like what I should have done by, you know, in the next month, the next six months sure. or the next year, I just start doing stuff. So my new year's resolution is to plan things out more.
1: Interesting. You
0: have yeah. Been specific. Uh, well, most of it is actually, no, yeah, actually I have several specific things. Um, basically everything that I do, I spent the first two days of the new year, Coming up with a big list and, and like planning everything out and coming up with like a schedule for like when I work on this, this is what I'm gonna this is what I'm gonna work on. Uh mm-hmm. so like the game that I'm working on developing, I have a long term schedule for what I want done in a month from now, three months, six months, and a year from now. And then I also have like for the stuff that I'm working on right now, a little bit more specifically, what needs to come first, what needs to come next, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Then for uh like I've been, like I told you at the beginning of last year, I started playing guitar again. I came up with a schedule for this is what I'm going to practice. Every time I sit down to practice, I'm going to spend, you know, X amount of time doing this, X amount of time doing this, X amount of time doing this. So I'm not just kind of like sitting and dicking around. Sure. Uh, and just just other things like that. Uh, I started. Well, I'll get that in a second. But yes, basically any, just about any hobby that I have. I've I've planned that stuff out, and then I came up with a uh, with a kind of a daily schedule, which is from this time to this time, I'm going to work on this and that, so that I so I can kind of keep things in order and not let stuff fall behind. Smart. It's pretty, it's pretty intense. I got to tell you,
1: you're doing good stuff for your professional development, Robert. I'm really proud of you.
0: Thank you. I'm a pro, I'm you a pet, professional. You passed
1: your speech uh, Congratulations. <laughs>
0: uh, also. You, so, you know, um, at the end of last year, I became the world's uh, biggest RPG fan. You remember? Of course, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you sound so, uh, so fed Disappointed. up with <laughs> Disappointed? Disappointed. Well, um, since then, not only have I become the world's biggest RPG fan, but apparently I've become the b- world's biggest weeb, uh, because uh, along with playing tons of RPGs now... I started, uh, I did watch uh, all of the first, se- or the the first season, the first series, uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. I haven't watched any of the follow-up series or anything like that yet, but I did watch the, the, the main series.
1: I've never watched it, but I've heard good things about oh, it. Oh man,
0: I had seen the movies before, and the and they're basically more or less condensed versions of the series. But holy <laughs> shit, the series is really good. Uh, then after I finished that, which was not that long ago, I started watching Gundam Zero Zero. Okay. Then okay. I bought a model Gundam that I think I told oh, you about.
1: Jesus, Robert, <laughs> are, you, are you Kawaii now? Uh,
0: no, I th- I don't. I think just weeb. Uh, I think just pure weeb. <laughs> and then, oh no, I started learning Japanese.
1: <laughs> oh, you know what I'm going to call you? I can't say it on the podcast. Because they may find out, but you know who I'm I, gonna reference here.
0: Oh uh, yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah, I do know <laughs> yeah, a friend of an old friend of ours. It's 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 not anybody that any of our listeners know. For for you guys that are probably curious about,
1: you never know. <laughs> He's in, in the fucking wake, just waiting for
0: us. So yeah, I don't know what um, I don't know. I was just like, it, and I okay. So I'm not gonna say it wasn't related to me getting into this stuff but when i had the idea i wasn't thinking about rpgs or anime or anything like that i was just i was actually in church and i was like that'd be cool to learn japanese (laughs) or like maybe that's cool to learn it but it'd be cool to be able to speak japanese and like understand it and uh so then i started looking into it that afternoon i was like you know what i'm going for it i'm fucking doing it
1: you are so funny (laughs) holy shit
0: so uh, I'll keep you posted on that. We maybe we'll do maybe we'll start doing a Japanese version. Maybe let's just start doing the podcast in Japanese. You 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 down to? Learn?
1: I, I know a special guest that'll join you.
0: <laughs> you Are you down to learn it uh, as well? No,
1: <laughs> I mean I have I, nothing against the Japanese language. I just don't want to learn a
0: language. I'm no, fucking lazy. I, I know. I hear you. that's. I've I've never been interested in learning languages. Uh, and I don't know. Again, I don't. I just thought it would be cool. To uh to do I was so obviously as there is a Reddit for a subreddit for everything there is one for learning Japanese as I'm sure you could guess um (laughs) there was a post on there uh, a few weeks ago and it said like so there's um a thing where you can apparently do basically like face like 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 video calls with people who speak uh, native japanese and like have a conversation with them just to like practice and see how you're doing and stuff there's some website i don't know where you can fucking sign up and do that and uh somebody made a post on the subreddit it was like hey guys uh would you do this please don't be weird <laughs> oh no <laughs> yeah apparently some guy like learn Japanese and then got on this thing and started talking to some girl and immediately just started (sighs) telling her how he wanted to save her and bring her to America and take care of her. I thanks Robert. Mm -hmm. I don't want
1: to live on this planet anymore.
0: There's another pretty good one where somebody asked if there was a, uh, a quick way that they could learn Japanese just for reading manga. So enough about me. Let's talk about video games.
1: Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's that is like I that whole phase I feel like has gone away a little bit. At least maybe I don't experience it as much, but when you and I were very versed in StarCraft, that was so common and it was so awkward,
0: wait, 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 what honestly. are you talking about? What was common? Like about? people
1: being obsessed like with Korean culture and Korean women and like mm. when we when I would go to events, it was always really weird to see people that I know interact with it wasn't the weirdest part. Was it wasn't actually for the most part? Korean women. It was the Korean professional players, because people were like so awkward with them. They acted like they were like a, a like foreign um, celebrity. Like obviously they are a foreign celebrity, but I mean foreign like outside the 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 planet.
0: Well, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> they,
1: they they would treat them in such a weird way. It's like these people are human. Like they.
0: Yeah, but I don't think that's because they were Korean. I think that's because they were uh art like starcraft freaking like superstars i would agree
1: with you if it wasn't the the, if people weren't so weird about the culture too though
0: i met polt and i all i did was tell him over and over that i that he's the best Terran.
1: he's i was actually watching him stream this week he's still playing
0: damn he still plays holy shit
1: he knows i think he knows three languages he has i want to say two degrees that kid's freaking nuts
0: all koreans are pretty fucking genius
1: yeah, actually, actually, Pult was one of the... He was one of the players, because I worked with him when I worked for Cooler Master. Uh, he was one of the better players that I ever interacted with. Oh, you know, really? sometimes you'd interact with the players, and they would be like, all right, let's get this over with. Like, like they would drag you... Oh, yeah, yeah, to yeah. Hand and it was like, dude, I'm doing this to help promote you? Like, Jesus, like, this is my job, obviously, but I'm also here to help you promote you and to, to you know, promote what you're doing and um, to help grow your brand and stuff. But, like, Polt, it was like... I would send him like how's your day? And he'd be like, Oh, yesterday this crazy thing happened and I was playing StarCraft and I had this new <laughs> build and blah blah and I was like, Oh my god, this guy's awesome. And then I could take what he said and you know, fix it and print it or whatever.
0: That's awesome. But, uh,
1: he he's very cool. He's very cool.
0: Apparently, um you know Wolf, the uh, the StarCraft yeah. announcer, he was I saying him today. So He lives in Korea and he's lived there for a while. He was talking one time about how like Korean kids learn how to like count change when they're fucking four years old and like their parents will send them to the store to like get stuff and they know how to like give the right amount of money and stuff. <laughs> Could you imagine <laughs> trying to do that when you were four or five years, years old? It would have been a yeah, fucking mess.
1: Yeah. hundred well, percent. It would be a good experience for you, right? To grow.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, definitely, but we're fucking idiots over on this side of the planet. Oh, you're so funny. Um, I know that. Do you want to uh, talk about news? Yeah, let's talk about the news. Do you watch any games done quick? I did watch a lot of games done quick. That just ended. I didn't even realize it was already Me on either. until... I just ran
1: into it again. Yeah, as same,
0: yeah same here. And um, it was really fun, as always. They also, as always, they broke their donation record. Yep. Uh, once again, they made... Uh, they raised... Three million one hundred and fifty five thousand four hundred and fifty four dollars and fifty six cents for uh the Preventing Cancer Foundation.
1: Yeah, I think there were like three million eighty-two thousand, something like that, prior. Like that was the prior goal.
0: Three million, I think forty something thousand. Okay. Uh and the average donation was fifty-eight dollars and twenty-five cents. They wow. had Apparently, fifty-four thousand one hundred seventy-five donations. I don't know if that math adds up. That's just the numbers that I'm getting from their website. I, I'm sure the math probably does add up.
1: So they've donated. They said that in the ten years they've been running, they've donated tw- twenty-five over twenty-five million dollars. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Prevent cancer foundation. That which is, is so friggin' crazy. That is
0: insane.
1: Yeah, um, I, I respect the shit out of what they're doing. It's yeah, really no impressive. shit.
0: It was uh, that is that is really crazy. And that's just for prevent cancer foundation. That's only half of their events. Cause the other ones go to the summer one do, goes to uh doctors without borders.
1: Oh yeah. That's right. I forgot about, it. Oh yeah, you're right. I didn't even think about that.
0: I didn't think about it until just now either.
1: <laughs> wow. Oh, that's even more impressive. Good for them.
0: It's fucking crazy.
1: It is cool. And I, I loved, I, I will say I watched a bunch of speedruns and then I actually, there's this YouTube channel. Shout out to, uh, oh, let me find his name. Hold on a sec. Cause I actually, this guy does such a great job. Uh, he did a punch out uh speed run sorry i'm gonna hear my keyboard for a second
0: i can deal with it uh
1: this guy by the name of summoning salt this guy is a youtuber who does uh documentaries on different uh speed running or different games that have been speed run uh, for the last 10 years the, okay. fir- the one, first one if you if you guys are ever interested watch the one he does on um punch out he does the one on the history of blindfolded punch out from start to finish and it is 40 41 minutes and i'll go by in 10 minutes he does a great job he has a great voice his inflection is wonderful his level of knowledge of the topic is great like his pacing is great it's just it's a i've watched probably 80 percent of his youtube videos now um he does them like on pokemon wow. he doesn't he does them on any game like sonic the hedgehog there's a bunch of different ones he's done where it's just like the progression of like hey Uh, When punch out when people first beat punch out they did it and this is not accurate at all But they did it in an hour and 50 minutes and we thought that was the best like that's so crazy And then some guy found out this exploit where if you do this thing Oh now it's an hour and 25 minutes and everybody's trying to beat that hour and 25 minutes and They're getting like an hour and 24 an hour 23 hour 22 and then it like is stale for like six months and then somebody finds a new, like, revolutionary glitch or revolutionary way to, to be more efficient, and it drops to an hour and ten, and everybody's an hour and ten, hour and nine, hour and seven. It's like every single time somebody finds one of these, like, exploits or more efficient ways to do things, everybody comes back and starts speedrunning it again and tries to refine it down to, the like, sec- like half a second. And it's just so fun to listen to him talk about it because he just – it's a really, really great YouTube channel. So shout out to that guy. That guy has been – I've been watching a lot of his videos for, like, the last ten days. Killer. Really, really cool stuff. But the reason I bring that up is because obviously games done quick, um, we're watching. I, I, I think the I feel like the the focus on speedrunning, excuse me, unlike uh, setting world records, at, at, is not really a, at a thing nearly as much at those events. Which is oh fine. no, it's not. Um, yeah, it's what I do like. Those the last game that they played, which was Metroid Impossible, I think. Yeah, it was Metroid. Impossible. Yeah, it impossible. was
0: Super Metroid, like a like Impossible ROM hack or something like Did that. Did you watch it? I, I watched just a little bit of it.
1: Oh my gosh, he, he didn't die until an hour and 40 minutes in that he died like six times. He said on average he dies like six or seven times per run. Oh man, like imagine doing that. Like I'd be dead is, a what is,
0: times over. What does the impossible ROM hack do? Just just imagine,
1: like, the difficulty knob being turned to 10 and then broken off and turned up six more notches. <laughs> like, like you take an obscene amount of damage from everything. There's these spike traps everywhere that I think deal 60% of your health. Like, it, it was just brutal to watch him do this. If you make a single mistake, you're just dead. Okay. And he fought the last boss. He, he was getting one shot. It was so crazy to watch and just watch his mechanics it was it was a really really cool final event and the reason i bring it up is the speedrunner who was doing it was commentating while he's doing it and he's doing <laughs> such a uh, it, it was just a very very enta- entertaining um final segment so it was really impressive
0: i i was sad that i missed metal gear solid 3 because not only do i love <laughs> that game obviously but uh they there so there's this girl that they have on there and she they usually have a donation incentive for her to sing the uh the the metal gear solid three song at the like Mm. at the ending credits when you beat it and i remember the first time i saw it i was like oh this is going to be hilarious like it must be some sort of joke or something but no she's just genuinely a fucking amazing singer (laughs) and it just is um it's just awesome hearing her sing that song and uh I turned on the stream after I had, like, gone off to eat or something like that. And it was, like, the the credits were going and she was singing, like, the last few lines of the song. I was like, damn it. How mad were you? <laughs> yeah, I was pretty pissed. That's funny. Um, okay, next piece of news. This was announced today. Final Fantasy VII. They're making a remake. I don't know if you've heard. No, uh, really. That's okay. <laughs> <exciting. laughs> it was supposed to come out in March. Guess what happened?
1: Oh, was it going to be
0: it's getting delayed till April tenth.
1: Okay, that's not bad.
0: Not too bad. So you know, another month or maybe not even quite. Uh, everybody, everybody's response that I saw on Twitter and stuff seemed seemed to be pretty much the same. Like, okay, this is fine. You know, that's yeah. whatever. My, I'm a little bit concerned because, in for me, it's like, how long has it already taken to make this game? So there's apparently, you know, it's not quite ready. It is Three weeks or something like that, gonna actually be enough time to fix whatever is wrong sure. after this many years of working on it. Hopefully, I'm just being paranoid. I really, I, I'm, I'm, I will if be playing this game. a Kickstarter, I would agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? Yeah. I would definitely be playing this game. I don't want to talk shit about it, uh, but I'm just a little bit nervous. But uh, anyway, right. so that was announced today. If it was
1: Nintendo, I would tell you not to worry, but everybody else. <laughs>
0: Obviously. Yeah, uh, this is pretty big news for it uh, adv- for point and click adventure game fans. I think we have one of those on this podcast. Really? Yes. Blade Runner, the 1997 uh, point and click adventure game, obviously based on the movie Blade Runner, is now out on GOG. It uh, had been, you know, kind of just in limbo forever, like, you know, lost where wherever games go to die and then later on be resurrected by GOG. And uh, it's supposed to be a really, really good point-and-click adventure game. I've never played it. I didn't even know about it until probably four or five years ago. But uh, everything I've heard, it's supposed to be a really fantastic point-and-click adventure game. And uh, it's on GOG now. So that's fucking killer. And it's only like 10 bucks. So uh, I will be... I haven't bought it yet, but I will definitely be uh, picking that up soon and, and playing through it. Warcraft 3 Reforged. Oh, God it has (laughs) summer
1: 2019 boys summer 2019
0: uh january 28th is when it's coming out yep
1: yeah 30 dollars
0: 30 bucks how do you feel you You don't you don't sound too happy you can't
1: download your old i'm I'm just pissed because blizzard is just blizzard but they you wait what's wrong i tried to i tried to access my old warcraft and the only way to do it now is to go and find the discs you can't download it
0: oh okay that is bullshit yeah
1: yeah, I was like, oh, okay, I'll just download from the It's like, oh, you have to pre-order Reforged. And I'm like, no, no, it's okay. I already own the old one. They're like, yeah, we know, but you're going to have to buy the new one in order to play the old one. <laughs> I'm like, like, you guys just got to stop. Like, what are we doing?
0: Uh, Yeah, Blizzard, they're on a roll.
1: 2019 was their year. Let's see what they can do in 2020, boys. <laughs> no, there's no hope for them.
0: Uh, finally, there's a... Uh, I just... Found out about this about two hours ago. I was reading this article on uh, Destructoid. Um, here's the you're you're this is gonna pique your interest for sure. Final Fantasy Tactics fans are placing bets on crazy fast AI battles. Apparently, there's this Twitch channel where they have AI, um, <laughs> Final Fan, A- A- basically two AI teams fight each other in Final Fantasy Tactics, and you can like basically place fake bets on Interesting. it. Like you get, like if you sign up, I don't know how exactly how it works, but basically if you sign up for the channel, then you get a certain amount of, uh, of fake money to bet with and you can bet on like what AI you think is going to win. And it goes, it goes in like tournament mode. And apparently all of the compositions are random. So you might get, so some like one team might be doing really good for a while. And then, you know, like a fucking super strong team might come in and just stomp everybody just based on their, on, on what, uh yeah. you like characters they have you know it's uh twitch.tv slash fft battleground in fact oh here i'll post this to you there uh there's a stream going are right you, now, are you, now? Are you, <laughs> i don't curious. even i have no idea what, what the hell is happening on the screen right now but um
1: 1100 people are watching
0: 1100 people are watching and uh i see a lot of uh a lot of text just scrolling by at the moment with uh final fantasy characters popping by at the top
1: looks like they're adding items and stuff this is interesting oh and abilities that's cool. They're designing characters. I think the chat is designing characters.
0: We're not going to get to record this podcast anymore tonight, are we? you?
1: They are actually allowing chat to de- to design characters and I'm being dead serious. They That's use cool. an explanation point. Oh, command, I see. Okay. You know, like, yeah. So they're kind of voting so on what's
0: going to be. Okay. <laughs>
1: I'm going to take off my headset for a second. I'm just taking off my jacket.
0: <laughs> I think he's watching the, uh, the stream. Um, That's all I got for news. Time to talk about video games we've been playing over the past several weeks. It's been a little while. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. Unfortunately, I wish uh, the holiday could have been more of that, but
1: always freaking so much. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, man, I have so much time off work. Like, blah blah blah. Nope.
0: The uh, harsh reality of reality has come back to hit us all in the face like so many bricks.
1: Well, you can place your bets now, Robert.
0: Oh, good. Well, they have on... different
1: maps too. I'm done for I'm so fucking distracted. <laughs> Why would you bring this up? <laughs> you knew I was gonna be into this.
0: Put a bet on Ramsa for me.
1: Uh I don't think Ramsa's here.
0: Okay. Then the Chocobo. There's
1: no chocobo. There's a goblin.
0: The chocobo kinda sucked, didn't he? I remember I got one. Um and he didn't do very good.
1: They, they fall off. Like, the Red Chocobo in particular has a Meteor-type ability that... Uh, well, why are we talking about Fantasy Tactics? <laughs> do you really want me to talk about in the podcast game? <laughs> you can't talk about this game to me. Uh, the Chocobos are generally pretty okay. They're great when you mount them, because you can have characters fly across the map and do crazy fucking damage in, like, a single turn. Oh, yeah? Yeah. But they fall off, I think. I could be wrong, though.
0: Okay. Anyway. All right, then. Um, games, you go first.
1: Sure. Um, I'm actually playing a game I have never heard of before prior to this. Oh, fuck. Um, no, it's not a bad thing. I just I someone that was a good
0: that was a good old fuck. oh fuck.
1: Okay, I think this. Is, so the the way I heard about this is somebody was mentioning it during uh, Gamestone Quick. I don't know if anybody played it for Gamestone Quick, but I just heard somebody talking about it, and I I was like, I've never heard of that game, and the whole des- the whole uh, description is very interesting. It's an action RPG with puzzle elements, um, with a more serious story type dialogue, and okay. I was like, I've never heard of that before, I, like that concept really piqued my curiosity the game's called alundra uh, it came out in 1998 for us uh this is a playstation alundra al A L U N i've never okay. heard of it before um it's recognized as one of the better if not best uh rpgs for for the ps1 i would never heard of this before it, it's it's got a lot of praise from different critics um it was highly regarded on a bunch of different ratings that i saw um and understandably so this is, this is actually a pretty solid game it, it is
0: what what, uh, what, what platform playstation one okay
1: yeah um so the game starts off uh, it, so we were, you were kind of talking about this before the podcast games will start off a little bit rough but get better uh, obviously this one doesn't take nearly as long of a, as an investment as some of the other rpgs that i played especially some of the more the older rpgs uh, but this one at the beginning was like it started to lose me a little bit so uh the game starts you're on a boat and you basically can walk around. You have the ability to jump. Uh, you have the ability to talk to people. You can use your weapon out a combat, because, again, it's an action RPG. And then you have this dash type ability, which I'm not a huge fan of, even still. But essentially, you press and hold the, the button, and your character starts to like build up momentum. And then you choose a direction, and he dashes that direction. The reason I don't like it is it's a little bit clunky. And if you are trying to do it quickly, uh, in certain instances, your, the input command for the, for the D-pad to tell him which direction to dash doesn't um, isn't recognized quick enough and you just kind of stand in place. It, it's just kind of a waste. Like when I have a dash ability, generally I'm like trying to sprint around maps, especially when you're in town and stuff, just to like make that time as short as possible. And the the reaction or the input command doesn't always register, which is a little bit weird. Sure. Um, I, I tried on both my my Xbox controller and my keyboard and they both had similar uh, reaction time. So that was a little bit weird, but regardless. So you start the game, uh, you're on a boat, you have to talk to a couple people, general early game RPG stuff. You have to talk to people to trigger an event. Um, and you basically, everybody's like, oh, you need to go to bed. You need to go to bed. You, you're, it's really weird. Cause like you're talking to these people in this boat, they don't know you and they kind of talk to you. Like some of them talk to you, like they know you and other ones, not so much. <laughs> like some of the people be like, oh yeah, you're the weirdo, that, the weirdo that was screaming in their sleep last night. And I'm like, okay. And then the other people are like, oh, I was, I was really worried about you. You were like yelling and screaming. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what are they talking what? about? Like this is, yeah. So it's kind of weird. So they're talking to different people and they're like, oh, I think a storm's coming. Why don't you go take a nap?" okay so you go take a nap um <laughs> these guys are really
0: looking out for you it
1: was it was weird like the the dialogue was a little bit awkward at the beginning and it was it was kind of childish like typical or, or typical rpg of this this era for at least for me uh the dialogue was a little bit weird it was a little bit childish okay and then an event happens the boat crashes and you're at, you're on this island with everybody who crashed with you everybody I, I believe everybody survived i did No, nothing was said otherwise and then you um you get knocked unconscious obviously by the crash of the boat and you have this vision that you need to go to this place. And there's this like angelic type creatures. that's like, Hey, go do that thing. That's good for us. And then there's like this demon like creature that's like, Hey, don't do what that guy's saying. And then they start arguing, which was actually pretty interesting dialogue. Um, And then the dude's like, okay, do whatever you want. It's not going to stop me. Like I'm too powerful. Like go fuck yourself essentially. Um, So you get to this town you're like, Oh, I recognize them in the town. I need to go to this place for, for the quest, or for the beginning of it. Obviously, you don't get to go directly to the main uh, quest. You get dragged into side quests, right? Of course, it's an right, RPG. Right. And immediately you get dragged into a bunch of different quests. So you find out this dude's sleeping, um, and it's assumed that he's you dying. find out um, a
0: dude is sleeping?
1: Yeah, he's like stuck sleeping, and and people are like oh, okay. crying on his bed. <laughs> yeah, he's like stuck in a deep sleep, almost like a, a coma. I guess. They, they don't say that specifically. They just keep saying he's asleep. Um, and you find out that he's been asleep for a while and he's having like, he like looks really stressed in his sleep I think is the way they describe it. Okay. Um, so they tell you to go find this doctor This doctor's like yeah dog. I I can't do anything. I've I've done a ton of research. I can't figure it out Okay, But he's like hey, there might be something in this crazy house out in the middle of the woods I don't know. It's really dangerous though And you're like, of course i'm gonna go there and he's like don't go there though. And you're like, of course i'm going there So don't worry. I'm not Yeah, don't don't know. I'm not worry. i am not going to go there And then as you're like, where was it again? Can you show me on the map where it was?
0: (laughs) I wanted to make sure I don't go that direction (laughs)
1: exactly yeah i want to make sure i avoid that place how do i get there though um (laughs) so you mose your way to the house even though you told the dude you're not going to go there um and this is where the game starts really for me because you know the the beginning intro part you don't get to fight any monsters you don't get to do any action rpg right so you start fighting and fighting is very simplistic you can use an attack command or you can jump and use an attack command monsters are very simple they don't necessarily like they don't try to hit you uh they're not ridiculous they're they're kind of dumb okay. um you can basically corner them and then hit them you can essentially stun lock them to death um it's pretty easy to avoid getting hit i will say your hit radius is very small and it's very similar to the dash command i was talking about with the input it's very hard to like move and then attack immediately there's like this like a little bit of delay that i was trying to get the precision down on because oh really that's the only time i was really getting hit is when i would move into the same range as them mm-hmm. and then try to swing and i would be slightly too slow and i'd get hit and it was it was kind of annoying um your health bar is weird it's like i thought it was money at first because at the top of your screen you have like this obviously it's like a fraction it's like out of 10 and it has these diamond shaped icons and i was like i think that's money and then i started acquiring them and my money wasn't going up and i'm like oh is that health like it, it, it's huh. kind of weird like when you see it it's not you don't recognize it as health like in most games it's like oh it's a heart or it's a potion or it's something red uh generally dictates health right yeah. or, or at least it points towards health Um, So you're going through this dungeon, and this is where the game picked up for me a lot. It was There's some puzzles. The puzzles are really, really simplistic early on, which which is not a bad thing. It helps you to get your bearings straight. It helps you to understand the different mechanics of the game. Um, You can essentially pick up objects and move them. Certain objects break on impact. Other ones don't. And you can utilize those to press switches. Um, Obviously, you can put the object on top of a switch to hold the button down for you. So much like, I think, yeah, Zelda has objects like that as well. Um, You can also to like pick up objects in the, or push objects on top of switches oh, in order sure, to right, okay. press them down yeah uh, you can also like flip switches obviously but there's like certain certain puzzles I've interacted with so far you have to do it in a certain order uh, but again, the early-on puzzles were very simplistic, and it's, again, it's not a bad thing. Helps you to understand uh, how the game works, and then, you know, ultimately it starts to build from there. The puzzles uh, have progressed at a pretty good rate, and I actually enjoyed some of them. Um, some are pretty simple, though, uh, even as you get a little bit further on. Like, there are ones where you just have to light up a bunch of objects in a certain order, and it's kind of annoying, and you're just, like, repeating a task over and over and over until you get it right, which is whatever. But uh, that, w- that one was kind of bad. Some of the other ones were a little bit more fun. The combat, however, hasn't really gotten much better. It's It's not bad. Uh, but obviously it's very simplistic, right? You can attack, you can move, then attack, or you can jump and attack. Uh, okay. If mobs are flying, you can hit them in the air, etc., etc. et cetera. So uh, long story short, you explore the house. Uh, you find out that you are of a certain clan that has the ability to go into people's dreams. Okay? Okay. Very interesting. So I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Okay, so I have the ability to do this. Obviously, the next step is to go back to the sleeping dude, go into his dream, and figure out what's going on with him. You go to his dream, and the most obnoxious puzzle of the game. <laughs> oh, so, so no. Far, I, I, it was... It was really, I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. So you go over, you flip the switch, and these two blocks disappear. And I'm like, okay. So you start walking down the path, and then two more blocks appear. So you have to go back to the switch and hit it again, and then walk back through the area that was blocked by those rocks, and then two more rocks appear further on the path. So you're basically backtracking further and further and further. Into, and I think it's four or five times you have to do this, which is oh. kind of like, like yeah, it was it was a little frustrating. I was like, oh, maybe I'm just misunderstanding it because there are two paths. So I was like, maybe you're supposed to like go to one path, use it, or flip the switch, and then maybe go to the other path. I was like trying to figure out. Maybe they're trying to teach me something. No, I, I tried a few different things, and realistically, the only thing I found is a lot of backtracking, which was kind of a turnoff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you fight the boss. The boss is kind of cool. It's a so early on you've been fighting like these jelly type mobs. Um, it's a bunch of these jelly type mobs combined into one and you essentially beat him up until he breaks apart and then beat up the smaller parts until they get sure. really small and then crush him and kill him. Um, and then you obviously rescue the dude, you go out of his dream, you have some dialogue. And then the game starts to take a more serious tone. Um, it was interesting. The game hmm. early on was very like very lighthearted, you know, typical early RPG kind of commentary like welcome to the town. Oh, you're special oh you're from that clan like, <laughs> right. you're, oh you're special you know what i mean like i early rpgs you know what yep. i mean like every rpg early on it's like you are the one you're, oh, yeah. you're the special earthbound's the one exception for me because they just do it in such a way that it's so funny and yeah it's but. like
0: yeah it's either that or you're a farm boy up you're gonna grow up to be the greatest warrior of all time
1: exactly and that's kind of how this is like even when you leave that one of the houses early on like this girl approaches you and she's like i've seen you in my dreams and i'm like oh, god like <laughs> yeah you have like, super stuff she's a child robert
0: (laughs) oh never mind (laughs) no you didn't
1: (laughs) Uh, i actually don't know but uh, so you see learn you have this ability to go in people's dreams and that is that is kind of the pattern of the game you go through uh different um dungeons you know obviously you have the puzzle mechanic and then you have this dream walking ability but the dialogue gets pretty serious. Uh, in, in all seriousness, like, it gets into topics of like depression at times. Like, there are certain huh. people you interact with that expre- express d- depression. And I, I didn't get it at first. I was like, oh, this person's just kind of demented or something. Or they're weird. And then you talk to them more and more. And you just figure out that they're just really depressed. And you're trying to help them overcome it, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, the other the other serious topic they talk about is human existence. Like It's like these people are struggling with my understanding this is my understanding of the dialogue is like they're basically struggling with with human existence like basically self-actualization like, which was like,
0: like the concept like existential crisis type stuff yeah
1: exactly and it's like it, it's weird it, it, The the dialogue i was like i think i'm over i'm reading too much into this and then i talked to the guy a few a few times more or i think it was a girl actually I, I don't remember but anyways i talked to him a few more times and and i was like oh i'm right like they are actually talking about human existence like as a concept and i'm just like oh this is kind of cool wow um, and then the puzzles started to ramp up a little bit more and get more interesting. So um, I'm a few hours in now, three, four hours in, uh, and I'm actually really enjoying it. the uh, The combat is growing on me more and more. I'm getting more accustomed to the inputs to to be able to get more effectiveness out of, out of it. The combat's not super hard. I've only died a few times. And it was just me making some like really greedy mistakes or something stupid. Uh-huh. Um, the music, I will say, is pretty okay. It's it's uh, it's I could take it or leave it. It doesn't do much for me. It's there. It's nice as like some some subtle background noise. It doesn't pick up very much, uh, but it's not anything memorable. Like if you asked me to uh pick it out in a lineup, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to do it. Like right. it, it's just not memorable at all. Um and then the sound effects overall are okay. They're they're not they're not awful, but they're they're just okay. There's they're not like you know like certain games you play and there're certain sound effects you're like that is like, that I need to hear that sound again. Like there's just certain ones that just really ring <laughs> <Yeah>. to you. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, this one uh, this one doesn't do it. Um, Try to see if there's anything. Did else. you say? I'm
0: sorry. Did you say when this came out? Uh,
1: 1999. Oddly enough, okay, or 1998 here rather. Okay. Yeah, this was a this was a a gem. This is a bit of a gem that I've never heard before. I, I have a feeling somebody's going to write in and be like, "I told you guys about this a thousand times." And <laughs> gosh, probably, you, yeah. probably, you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah, um, yeah it, it, it's a very fun game. It is. Like I said, it's something that I, I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. Uh, I, I, when I when I saw the the synopsis and the description of the game, I was like, "Oh, that's a really cool concept." And usually, when I when I look at that and then I like the description, I go to play it. and I'm like, "Oh, it's loosely a puzzle type game, or it's loosely you know this or that." No, this game is 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 accurately de- descriptive and people said that the story gets a little bit serious, and, and they're right. I, I think it takes a a a good um, more serious tone to it uh i'm definitely enjoying it and i will probably continue to play it at least for as long as it holds my attention i guess wow as as... yeah it's it's pretty damn fun i, I would recommend it if, if people like this style of game
0: damn how many hours would you say you've put into it so far
1: um so oh that i forgot to mention this the the one of the things that kind of irritated me when you do die it's like hey do you want a quick start i think is what they call it or do you want to go to the title? Holy shit, if you don't save, the quick start sends you so far back. Oh, shit. I lost a lot of progress. Um, I did a few rebits. I probably played seven hours, but on my main file, I'm four and a half, almost five hours deep, I want to say. Um, I lost a little, because I got really tilted the first time I, I, I did that. I was like, I just lost an hour and five minutes. Holy right shit. Off the bat. Oh, yeah, sucks. I was so, because te- it was like, literally, I, I hadn't saved. I didn't know that there was a, what the save mechanic exactly was. Uh, but then it teleported me back to the very beginning when I got off the ship, and I'm like, oh, my <laughs>
0: God.
1: And then the second time, I, I just forgot to save again. I was, I was a little oh, bit further fuck. in when it happened, but it wasn't too bad.
0: Yeah, pretty fun game, though. Sounds really uh, really interesting.
1: Yeah, it's made by a developer called Matrix Software. I, I didn't recognize the name. Japanese, of course.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: let see what else they made. Dragon Quest. They made some Dragon made Quest Dragon- games. Oh, okay. They made Final Fantasy 3 for the DS, it looks like.
0: They like did the port, I guess.
1: Yeah. They did some ports for Final Fantasy 5. Hmm. Okay, looks like they did some port games. Nothing,
0: nothing on their own. Well, how about that? Anyways. All right. I've actually got uh, three games. One short, one middle, and one a little bit longer to talk about. I think we'll go in that order. Um, yep. As a tease... My, the, the one I'm going to talk about at the end is the next installment on my quest to play through all of the main Final Fantasy games.
1: Yes. And by the way, for our RPG of the quarter, uh, I excluded RP, most Final Fantasies. Oh, I assumed you were gonna play
0: yes. Thank you. I meant to actually tell you yeah. to not include them. Yeah.
1: I, I, I thought about, I was like, I have a feeling like there are certain ones. I really want you to play nine. Um, I think you'll really enjoy playing nine and I kind of want to make you play eight because it's such a shit show. I'm going to play, but, yes,
0: uh, I will play those.
1: Okay. And I think you'll really like 102 as well cuz you know, you and
0: Honeypop. 102 like like 102 or 10 also? 10-2.
1: Okay, 102.
0: Yeah. I've played 10 as I think you know. Um yeah. I've not played 102. Uh <laughs> but yeah, my my I am going to be play I don't have a timeline for this. I'm just going to do it as I feel, but I'm not I'm not going to spread it out super far. I hope to play several more this year. If not, you know, sure. maybe a bunch more. But um yeah, I'm I am going to play through the entire Final Fantasy series until I've played through all of the main numbered ones. Uh, So the next one up that I'm going to talk about as my last game today is Final Fantasy 2. And I realized that um, if I did the math right, uh, after I finished Final Fantasy 2, I've actually played... I've actually now played half of the main Final Fantasy games. Wow. Yeah, isn't that nuts? Like, I don't know how. But I've played uh, one and two now I played six like uh, a couple years ago, like one or two years ago. Uh, I played set. I played seven a while back. Uh, and then I played 10 when it came out, I played 11 when it came out and I'm playing 14. So that's, Oh, oh and I've played, I didn't be, I haven't beat 12, but I've played 12. So that's actually eight out of the 15 uh, games. Unless you count like 13, 1, 2, and 3 as all separate mm-hmm. ones, and 10, 1, and 2 as separate ones. In that case, I still have a couple more to go. But I've played more than I realized.
1: I, I may, uh, I'm may, i probably going to join you on a few, too. There's Oh, a few cool. in particular that, Yeah, there's a few. I'm waiting for you to get a little bit further up the numbers. But there are certain ones that I would love to revisit or give a much more depth uh, review of.
0: Which ones are you thinking?
1: Uh, 12 for sure. Um, probably 10, 2 at some point, maybe. Okay. Uh, maybe eight, depending on how far. If you, I'm still a little bit burned by that game, but <laughs> yeah, I'm on cooldown for that one, if you will.
0: I'm not. I'll give you a little teaser here. I'm. I, I believe you that it's a terrible game. I'm not expecting to like it, but mm-hmm. I feel like if I can get through Final Fantasy 2, which I did, then I can get through any Final Fantasy game. Let's just <laughs> let's just say that much. Um, gotcha. There was something else I was going to add, but yeah, I'll let you know, like when I get to some of those, so you can, so if you want to play it also, you can, uh, you can do it along, but yeah, I do plan to play those and, oh, oh, and for Final Fantasy 12, we need to play the newer, Zodiac yep. version or whatever it is, because that's supposed the to international version international yeah. version because that's supposed to yep. fix a lot of the problems. That's why I want to play it. That's why I want to play it again. Okay. I,
1: I've talked to multiple people that have told me the same exact thing, which is you yeah. have to play them.
0: Blake okay. used Blake used to say that all the time.
1: Yeah, Blake was the first person that told me that, and then some. My because I, I, you know, obviously I know a decent amount of people that play a lot of Final Fantasy type games, and they were like, "Yeah, you have to play it again." I was like, "Okay."
0: Well, I'm the world's biggest RPG fan. I, I should know. So,
1: oh my god, Thanks get out! <laughs>
0: all right, let's start off small. Okay. Okay. Donkey Kong Junior. Um, didn't you play one of the Donkey Kongs recently? Also, I think I played Country. No, no, no. Well, let's okay. See. I was thinking like one of like the very basic ones, but maybe it was. Uh, I thought you played like Donkey Kong Two or something see. like that, but
1: I may have. I'm trying to remember because. So
0: uh, yeah, I'm gonna try to pull it up. Also, let me. See. I'll <laughs> check real fast too. Um, let's see. You played. No, okay, I'm not seeing it anywhere actually. So if if you come up with it, just let me know. But I'll go ahead and get going. Donkey Kong Jr. This originally came out in nineteen eighty two. I played the NES version. Golly, I didn't know this came out that long ago. Holy fuck. Nineteen eighty two? I mean obviously that was arcade. Wow. But that was before I was fucking born. Wow, that's
1: really old then.
0: When did the first fucking Donkey Kong came out? Come out.
1: No, was it no way it was the seventies. Was it that long?
0: It couldn't have been like, when was the first arcade invented? (laughs) By
1: the way, I think it was donkey Kong was what I played for the podcast, by the way,
0: because I played a few
1: games, but I only talked about one of them for the podcast. Yeah.
0: Well, anyway, I played donkey Kong jr. For NES, the NES version is obviously a port of the arcade version. And, uh, I am not, you know, I love donkey Kong, the character. I don't really love any of the donkey Kong games, including country.
1: Yeah. I know you said that before, actually.
0: Um, but I don't I don't hate them I just don't really get much of a kick out of them. Uh, Donkey Kong Jr I do like a bit more than the original Donkey Kong. Um, it's this it's so the everything's kind of flipped in this game. Instead of being so you know in Donkey Kong there's Donkey Kong at the top of the screen and you play as Mario who I think at the time was called Jumpman and you're and he's capt and Donkey Kong is captured the princess, and you're trying to get to the top of the screen to save her in every level. This one, you're playing as Donkey Kong Jr., um, presumably Donkey Kong's son, and uh, you. And at the top of the screen is Mario, and he has Donkey Kong Sr. in a giant cage, and you're trying to get up there to save your dad. And uh, so you play as Donkey Kong, little baby Donkey Kong Jr., and Mario is like. <laughs> So, you know how Donkey Kong threw barrels at you? Well, Mario is basically throwing, like, creatures to, to come get you. Um, so, the first level, for instance... Actually, no, this is the second level. He's throwing... I forgot, I forgot what's coming at you in the first level. But in the second level... Uh, oh, I think it's like little alligator creatures. And then the second one, it's these birds that fly at you. And I think they, like, f- drop eggs also. And the eggs can hurt you if they hit you. And then... There's one level. I, there may be another level in between. I, I don't remember if there are three or four levels that it cycles through. But then one of them is uh, these little like balls of electricity that that kind of like go along the ground. Hmm. And uh, I like I said, I like this a bit more than the original Donkey Kong. The, the first one just gets so. They're, they're both very repetitive. The first one is repetitive and uninteresting to me. And this one, they at least have. More uh, interesting level design. So instead of just basically going up ramps back and forth, you the the, the levels are more like uh, dynamic. The first one you are climbing up these uh, these vines and kind of not not swinging, but like reaching across and moving from vine to vine, and then having to go down on some points so and landing on these little trees and jump over to the next tree and then climb up more vines. Uh, to get to the top while these little alligators are also crawling okay. down the vines trying to get you then in the second level. It's kind of the same except there are moving platforms and there are moving vines and vines that go up and down and you have to grab onto them like at the right time when you can. There's a little trampoline that you have to bounce off of at just the right time to land on this platform. And there are birds that you have to dodge while you're climbing on the vines, which which gets out. Which... <laughs> Damn, I just did something that hurt the fuck out of my elbow. Yikes. Um. Uh, the 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 birds are hard to dodge when you're on the vines, and uh, then as I said, I can't remember if there are if there's another level after this in, in between that one and the electricity level. But then there's an electricity level where it's like kind of more futuristic looking almost, and you're going on these platforms, and you are kind of going back and forth, sort of like the 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 like the the classic original Donkey Kong mm-hmm. level, but you are, uh, but there are these little electricity balls that are basically circling any given platform. So you have to jump over them when they get, you know, when they run by you on the floor. But at the same time, there's going to be one right above you on the platform above that that might potentially be on the bottom of that one. So you got to be like really careful when and where you jump to make sure when you jump over one that you're not jumping into another one. And then after you finish that, then you get to this level where. Donkey Kong's at the top of this he's at the top of this uh, structure and there are these chains uh, hanging from it and not all of the chains but some of the chains have this key on them and you have to climb up um, when you climb up from beneath the key it pushes it up and then if you push it up to the very lock then it gets if you if you push it up to the very top then you push it into this lock that's up at the top of the screen. And once you do all these keys, then it frees Donkey Kong and he falls down. And Donkey Kong Jr. catches him so he doesn't get hurt when he falls. And yay, you beat it and you get to start over, all the way over. Yay. And you just keep on going until you've lost all your lives. So, you know, it's nothing groundbreaking. But to me, the level design is much more varied and it makes it much more enjoyable you know, this is relatively speaking, of course. I didn't, like, you know, like I said, it was not just a fucking blast to play this game. But to me, it's a lot more fun than the original Donkey Kong. Hmm. Just because the levels are more interesting mm-hmm. to play. Uh, there's a little thing where if you're climbing, when you climb up uh, vines and stuff, if there are two next to each other, you can, instead of just climb up the one, he reaches across and he's holding on to two vines. And, uh... He uh, and he climbs up faster if you're doing it that way, but if you're going downwards, then it's faster if you're just holding onto one vine. So it does like a little, you know, minor gameplay mechanics like that to kind of mix things up a little bit. Um, like I said, I rec I I, w- I would play this over the original Donkey Kong any day. None of them are fantastic, but this one is is definitely better in my book. Okay. So there's a there's a little appetizer. Next one is a. Uh, uh, a GameCube game that came out in 2002. You've probably heard of it, Eternal Darkness.
1: Yes, of course.
0: Are you a you a fan?
1: Um, I don't remember actually.
0: Okay, so oh, most of, most of our listeners, I'm guessing, are probably familiar with this game. Even if they haven't played it, they probably know of it. It is uh, it's a lot like Resident Evil. It's a horror. Oh, yeah. Kind of like a horror adventure game uh, with a good bit of action as well. Uh, And it was um, most it it was really widely known for the sanity effects that it had. So I'll get to that in a second. So, like I said, think of basically a, a very a game very similar to Resident Evil as far as controls and camera perspective and that kind of stuff go. And even to some extent, gameplay. You uh are you play as this girl and her, or this woman and her grandfather? You get a call that her grandfather died, and she goes off to, or he's been murdered, and you go off to his uh to visit his mansion. The police can't figure out what happened, so you are there to kind of uh, check check out his mansion, do some investigation stuff, see if you can figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. So it starts off with you just kind of looking around his house, just kind of exploring and coming, seeing whatever you can find. Uh, and you find um, this book, I forgot what it's called. It's, it's not the book of the dead, but it's, oh, it's, I think it's the, the, the Tome of eternal darkness, darkness. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <Into the center. laughs> it might be. It's, it's something like that. And basically uh, f- reading that and from reading other things throughout the game that are on the house, it tell it doesn't actually teleport her the character but you as the player you take on these uh, characters from ancient times basically so you go way in the past and you play as this, this Roman soldier at one point and then you play as this girl in Egypt at some point and, and stuff like that and most of the time you're going through fighting zombies and stuff and the whole point of the game is kind of like this is all stuff that her grandfather was researching and you're kind of Uh, I guess in reading the books, it's kind of like giving, it's kind of like having you take on the role of the people that the books were about. These people Mm. that were cursed for whatever reason and doing this and that and fighting zombies and fighting various evil types of beings and, and, and things, uh, so you're playing a different character. You, you switch you switch around a lot between different characters because you, you'll because you play one and then you'll get to the end of that character's story and then it goes back to the woman and then you kind of do some more exploration, find something else to read and then it gives you somebody else to play as and you play as them for a little bit and it kind of repeats that way. Usually, um, so, so the main parts of the gameplay are when you're not the woman. She's kind of like, at least for what I played, I, I didn't, I'll, I'll go and say I didn't get super far. I, I got maybe four or five hours into the game. And she, she kind of seemed to be an in-between character. She's the main character of the story, but the main part of the gameplay, is, to me, at least up until this point, was you playing as these other characters. You're typically, you know, regardless of what the backstory is, in all of their cases, it ends up with you kind of going through these uh, sort of like dungeon-like settings where you're basically fighting zombies or zombie-like things. Uh, usually with melee, usually have a sword of some sort. Uh, you do get some ranged weapons, but, but primarily you're using swords and things. Uh, there's some light puzzle solving, like very, very easy puzzles, like, such as, um, oh, here's this weird thing on the floor that has three raised spots on it. Oh, guess what? I just happened to find three jars. I wonder, you know, what I'm supposed to do to progress. Yeah, right. Uh, stuff like that. When you fight the the, the the combat is pretty basic again, just think more or less Resident Evil. I, I would say that the combat is definitely, definitely more refined uh, than Resident Evil so it's not super clunky, but it's not you know fantastic either. It does have a thing where you can target parts of uh, like the zombie's body like whatever zombie you're fighting as it's coming towards you you can hold R or something like that and and push to the side and target its arms or its torso or its head or whatever you want, whatever you want to attack. Um, and so, and there's also a spell system where eventually you start unlocking. It's, I don't know. I I couldn't quite, I didn't quite follow exactly how it works, like all the ins and outs, but basically you, you, you find different spell components and you can kind of combine them based on the things you find, you can combine them in certain ways and they will result in different spells that you can learn that's kind of the, the quick way of putting it in the best way the best way that I okay. can explain it um, and so one spell that, that you find early on is a spell that will repair things and that that will that's that's mostly used for some of the puzzle solving like when you have those three jars actually you have two of them but one of them's broken and then you can use the repair spell on it and then fix it to you know finish that puzzle things like that I don't know how. My, my, my guess is throughout the rest of the game that that system is used much more, uh, much more and much more fully. But I just didn't get too far into it to say. Um, Whenever you come across a bad guy in one of these scenarios, so you have a sanity meter. Anytime you even just see a bad guy, your sanity goes down. And as sanity goes down farther and farther and farther. You start to experience sanity effects. This was what the game was most, I think, popular. Maybe not popular. Most well known for at the time was the sanity effects. So some of the stuff is like the camera starts tilting really weird angles, a little bit mundane things like you know it adds a spooky element, but it doesn't really do much. There are some parts where I was playing. I don't know if this was sanity stuff like spilling out into the woman's perspective or if this was just something if this didn't even have anything to do with the sanity system itself and this was just something that they put on this part of the game but at one point when i was playing as the woman exploring this big mansion there was uh this really creepy thing that they did where fairly frequently you would hear really loud banging on a door
1: oh
0: yeah i know right (laughs) and and there never turned out to be any bad guy anywhere But even after five or ten minutes of hearing that and, and, you know, fully realizing that there's no monsters, anytime I heard that banging, it really spooked me. I was like, oh, shit. Like, not the banging, not like a jump scare, but just like, oh, fuck, who's that knocking? Like, even though I know there's nothing there, it was still pretty scary. So that was that was a really good one that they did. Um, then it does other things like sometimes the screen will just go all black. Um, And then it does things like it kind of like does fourth wall breaking stuff. Like at one point it shows volume bars on the screen and the volume bars start going all the way down. And, uh, and like the, obviously and the volume, you know, itself goes down with it. So you don't hear anything. So it's supposed to look like obviously your actual TV volume is going down. There's one thing where the game will pretend to reset. Oh, wow. Um, There are here. I was, I was reading some of these, and I didn't experience I didn't experience these particular ones myself, but these were some really good ones that I read about. Uh, here's one. Actually, this one is 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 not a fourth wall breaking thing. It's an in game thing. It just it seems super creepy. Um, when entering a room, the character's limbs may explode in a systematic order, uh, going for the head, the arms, and then the torso, resulting in a fake death of the character. What the hell? Uh, these are from the wiki on fandom.com, by the way. Here's another one. When attempting to reload a gun, this is this is if your sanity meter's low. It may go off in the character's stomach, resulting in a fake death of the character. This is most prominent in Max's chapter, blah, 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 blah. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty creepy. Uh, then then, two, then a couple of the fourth wall ones... After completing Kareem's chapter, a fake screen message will appear. <laughs> this one is awesome. Congratulating the player for finishing the demo of the game. <laughs>
1: oh, my. What?
0: That's clever. How creative. I know. Isn't that awesome? Wouldn't you be pissed? <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> and then this one. This is my favorite. Upon saving your game, a message will say, Are you sure you want to delete all of your saved games? regardless of your choice the saved games files will will it, it'll it'll pretend to delete them
1: dude can you imagine like being a kid and experiencing that like what
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah i didn't experience those myself but those were some of the ones that i read about that i thought were particularly awesome hmm. um but the way you get your sanity to go back up is kind of random when you uh, kill a zombie uh, you can do like a finishing move on it, basically. It's not like a Mortal Kombat finishing move. It's just like a specific type of stab. Like you stand over near the body and you press a different button than the attack. But I think attack is A or something like that. And to finish it, when you knock him down, you go over the body and press B. And it just has a specific animation for the, for finishing the zombie where you just stab him or something. And uh, And when you do that, if you specifically do a finishing move on a bad guy, then that raises your sanity. So that's how you keep the sanity up and you keep this crazy stuff from happening. Um, overall, the game was, it was pretty good. It was fine. I just didn't play that much because once I got a few hours in, I kind of was just like, you know what? I don't know if I'm really in the mood for this type of game right now. But uh, as far as the things that it was trying to do, it actually did a pretty good job. And I, I was impressed with it. So if you're looking for a Resident Evil style game, I, I, I say, uh, Eternal Darkness has a pretty good reputation, and for me, it held up. I just didn't happen to be in the mood f- for it at this time. So that gets a thumbs up. That gets the old what you, Rob.
1: What a unique title. Huh? What a unique title. The unique? title? Uh, title, like
0: what a unique game. Oh, okay. oh, sorry, sorry. I thought you were talking about the, actual, the literal title. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it really is. And And there have been games that have done stuff like this, but... I don't know. I feel like this one is especially effective for some reason. Maybe because it was kind of the first to do a lot of these things. Sure. But it still felt it still felt unique, even aside from that in some way. So, yeah, it, it was a cool game. I, I definitely recommend it. And then, as I said, my last one, Final Fantasy II. So this is the actual Final Fantasy II, um, the, the Japanese Final Fantasy II in America. We uh the one that's labeled Final Fantasy II as as many of our listeners I'm sure probably know is actually Final Fantasy IV, but this one is uh, the Japanese Final Fantasy II. It came out in 1988 for the Famicom. This was another. This was not into the uh, Super NES era yet. This was a Famicom game. The version I played, I did not play the Famicom version. I played the uh, Game Boy Advance uh, Final Fantasy Dawn of Souls version. Uh, Final Fantasy Dawn of Souls. Had Final Fantasy One and Final Fantasy Two on it, um, and they were both kind of updated with with what you would expect for uh, Game Boy Advance graphics. Quality of
1: life, <laughs> quality of life.
0: Well, that so somewhat, but mostly the graphics uh, and, and a lot of bug fixes is my understanding. Yeah. Um, and so uh, this is um. A typical Final Fantasy game, for the most part, it's turn-based RPG, just like you would expect. You you have a party of four characters. Um, the fourth, so you don't get to pick your characters at the start like Final Fantasy One. I. I, I'm I guess Final Fantasy One. Correct me if I'm wrong, but as far as I know, Final Fantasy One is the only main Final Fantasy game where you actually pick what your party is. Is that right?
1: Um, I believe so. I'm trying to think. Yeah. Yeah, where you like cust where where it's like anything goes as opposed to you know like Final Fantasy VII you have a list of characters and you choose three but that one it's like you can literally have four of one characters so right
0: yeah. and they can be yeah exactly they can be entirely different you know different they can they can be anything you want mm-hmm. um, so this one you have specific characters that you play as now there is some flexibility some flexibility there that I'll get to in just a second but. The way the game works is your party is, uh, three characters who are there the whole time. And then there's a fourth, basically rotating character that changes throughout the game. Uh, at the, you know, the beginning, it's just three and then you get a fourth guy and then he goes off and you get somebody else and he, and something happens to him and you get somebody else. And then sometimes a character from, you, you know, you'll, you'll be four or five characters in and, uh, and then, one will go off and then one of the ones from previous from, from that you had previously might come back. So some, sometimes you do get a character back that you had earlier. And then especially in the later game, you end up keeping some of them for longer periods of time. But, uh, but that's, but, but so you get, that's the basic structure is you have these three characters that you start off with and there you have them for the entire game. And then there's a fourth that's kind of like a rotating character. Um, now I said that you don't, you know, get to outright pick, I want a black mage. I want to, you know, I want four white mages. You know, uh, but at the same time, there is some flexibility as to what you get because even though you have the, these three, even though you have, you you can't pick what actual character is in your party at any given time. What this game does is it tried to do something different with the leveling system, which is so characters have basic stats and based on those stats, different things will. Uh, like such as HP, will level up faster or will, you know, get better faster as you level them up. Okay. But otherwise, as far as their combat goes, the way that this game works is it's one of those systems where if you use swords, then you level up that guy on swords. And if you use spells, then you level up uh, that guy on okay, spells. Okay. So, yeah, so you can... So even though you have these specific characters, you can basically level them up however you want. Um, there are, like, like, like I said, if, if, if a character is more kind of, uh, has a more, has a, is like a predilection for strength, then their strength will level up faster or their HP might level up faster. But you can still kind of use them as whatever type of character you want. Um, and this leveling system was i think a neat experiment at the time but it ultimately kind of sucks um anybody who's who's well just about anybody because i could sort of see this coming and i'm not you know that uh that well versed in rpgs i kind of had a feeling this was not going to work out very well and it doesn't it really doesn't work out very well because <laughs> it locks you into things that you're not sure if you want to be locked into. So obviously that's also the case in any type of RPG, you know, where you're locked into, okay, this guy is going to be a damage dealer. and This guy's going to be a healer and stuff. But when you have complete free reign, for instance, usually if a guy is a damage dealer, like in final fantasy one, for instance, the fighter, it doesn't matter if he's got a sword or an ax, he can use whatever's strongest. He's just the yep. fighter. But in this one, since you're specifically leveling up not only HP, but you know specific types of weapons, it pretty much locks you into that. So I went with swords on my kind of basic fighter guide just to be safe, because I was like you know thinking to myself, okay, this is an old game. My guess is they didn't do a great job of balancing it. If there is a most powerful weapon in the game, it's probably going to be swords and not the axe or a spear probably. or something like that. And guess what? I was 100% accurate on that, <laughs> because you find far more very powerful swords than anything else. Um, and then for the damage dealers, or I'm sorry, for, for like, uh, for, for a black mage type character, for instance, they not only level up their spirit, which is kind of basically their magic power, at least as far as I understand it, but they level up specific individual spells as you use them. So you kind of run into this tedious thing where it's like, all right, I've used my Thunder spell a lot recently. I need to start using my Fire spell, and now I need to start using my Blizzard spell. And you can't just stick to one and just kind of, like, use whatever's fastest. You kind of have to constantly be thinking, oh, which one of these haven't I leveled up in a while? I need to use that, even though, you know, it might not necessarily be the best spell at that point. It kind of You kind of get into this numbers game where you're not necessarily thinking about what's good at this particular fight, but oh crap, what do I need to make sure that I have leveled up in the long term because I don't want to be fucked over you know uh, 10 hours from now if I get to a dungeon that yeah. is, you know, everybody's only weak to fire and I haven't leveled that up for instance. Uh, so that's where it starts to kind of fall apart. Um, and then there's also weird so I didn't have to do this at all but there are also weird strategies where you can just attack your own guys, <laughs> and that's to level up oh. not only your weapon skills, but whenever you get attacked, that levels up your HP. So, interesting. So, one strategy is just to spend a lot of time fighting low-level mobs and just attack your own guys while you're doing so uh, to level up their HP. This sounds like way worse than the first one. <laughs> it is. It's way worse than the first one. That's unfortunate. And also another thing this does is so there are not w- just flat levels for a character at all. You know, like you don't have a character that's level five or level eight. You have a level you have a character that's level two in swords and three in Oof. blizzard spells and four in uh, curing spells and three in axes and one in shields and 7 in Scourge, and 8 in uh, Shield, or, you know, like to the Spell Shield. Uh, And what I found is that this also makes it a lot less fun to level your characters, because in Final Fantasy 1, for instance, in my opinion, a lot of JRPGs in general, it's a little bit less fun to level, because... Tell me, tell me if you disagree, but in my experience, most JRPGs take leveling much more uh, in much smaller increments. So yeah. you might level up from one to two and you get five more HP, you know, mm-hmm. and like one more strength. And then you level up from two to three and you get another one in strength and another maybe 10 in HP. And it kind of does that throughout many levels. It's
1: like incremental, yeah.
0: Yes. And then in a lot of American RPGs, again, in my experience, it's like it takes longer. But when you get from level two to three, you get a big boost in in you know maybe five different stats, and then you get a screen where it's like, all right, here are these abilities that you get, or or maybe you even get to pick your own. Um, okay. Is it, do you think that's that's true? Like in 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 American RPGs, the jumps are a lot bigger from level to level. I have to think about it more, but that
1: sounds accurate. I'm just trying to think.
0: That that's been my experience 100%. Where in American RPGs. It's a it's much bigger jumps from level to level and it kind of makes it more fun. It's like once you get to another level it's like, "Hell yeah, I get to do a lot of more cool stuff now." Whereas in JRPGs the levels aren't are not as exciting because it's like, <laughs> "Oh, it's you know, I you level more often but you get less of a reward on each level." Well, this one is the far extreme of that where you don't even level every single just about every single battle, it'll say like so and so's HP went up so-and-so's strength went up a little. So-and-so, so-and-so's so, so and spirit went up. Mm-hmm. And it's so, so frequently, like I said, it's almost every battle. You just get a smidgen more of this or that at any given time. You know, of, of course, based on what you did. If you didn't use your swords that battle, then you don't get to level up your swords, for instance. But mm-hmm. when you do, you get a tiny smidge. It's like this went up, that went up. His HP went up. His strength went up. His defense went up, his evade went up, and it's always just a tiny, tiny, tiny little bit. So it really takes the fun out of leveling because there's really no big, even in Final Fantasy 1, you know, given that JRPGs do have much smaller increments in leveling, again, in my experience, even Final Fantasy 1, for me, it's like once I got a guy to level, you know, from 13 to 14, I was like, yes, he leveled up. He's not that much stronger, but it's, you know, but I'm getting somewhere this one you lose all sense of that because the jumps because because there's no jumps because the progress is is so small any at any given time so that kind of uh the leveling system in general just kind of sucks in every way <laughs> honestly wow. um the uh so also the dungeons well, I, dungeons slash castles. So typically, any given you know dungeon of the game is either a, a typical dungeon where you're going down, or basically the same thing, but it's a castle and you're going up. They are very annoying because they're basically mazes with that are that are way too big, like five to eight floors, sometimes even more, and the encounter rates are too high, and so it is just such a pain in the ass to get through any given dungeon cuz it takes so long cuz you just you're wandering around fi- trying to figure out where the fuck to go. Yeah. Um there're walls everywhere. There are tons of doors where you just walk in and it's basically there's nothing there except for basically a gear like a 99% guaranteed encounter. <laughs> the encounter rates are super high aside from that and you have to do this like I said from 5 to 8 floors for any given dungeon. Oof. It is Ah, it's painful, Sounds and, like and a, huh? unnecessary grind. Yeah, it is, and the um and the environments like, none of them are really that different from dungeon to dungeon. Either usually <laughs> it's like either a bluish dungeon or a bluish castle, and there are a few variances of that. Uh, sometimes it might be a red place, but none of them are really that. Once you've seen a few, you've basically seen them all. Uh... The game does try to do a little bit better with the story, but it doesn't really do a good job. So, you know, the first one was very basic. There's some evil taking over the world, and you have to light the Spoilers. orb to save it. Um, Such a unique story. Yeah, well, this one tries to do something more grounded. And I give it credit for that, but ultimately, I kind of preferred the first one better still, because... Ooh. It's basically okay there, there's this there are these evil people trying to take over the world. It's not just some vague evil force. But then it just kind of drops everything and the whole thing is just you. It's almost kinda of like a Zelda game where it's just, oh, you gotta go get this to unlock this door and go to sure. this dungeon. And then go get this thing to put on this statue and take this thing and drop it in this lake and hold this item up to this mirror. It's just a lot of shit that doesn't make sense, really. Hmm. And uh, and the gameplay mechanics involving that stuff is just go through a dungeon to find this thing. All right, now go through a dungeon to use that thing. Now go through a dungeon to find this thing. Now go through dungeon, another dungeon to use that thing. <laughs> so they don't do anything you know, to make that interesting, it's just kind of, uh, it also just kind of sucks and there's, and there's not very, there are not any very big points in the story where it's like, oh shit, this is cool. Like even the first one, I think kind of did okay at that where, you know, you might get to a part where it's like, oh shit, I broke, I busted open the canal here. The mine. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I always remember that.
0: Yeah. 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 And now I get to explore more of the world and stuff like that. This doesn't really have much like that. There are a few kind of minor things, like where you get the airship and stuff, but nothing was like, "Oh, cool! This is sweet." It's just more okay. You got this thing now. You can now. You have to go to this castle and get through the dungeon and get the magic mirror or whatever it is. Um, and then there's one other thing it does, which is kind of weird, which it has this um dialogue system where you have to. It has a
1: dialogue system.
0: Yes. Uh, A very rudimentary one, but it has a dialogue system where you have to learn keywords. Uh, So you'll be talking to somebody and they'll say something and a keyword might be highlighted in red. And you can ask them. You have options to ask or learn things. And whenever you see something that's red, you need to click or you need to pick learn and Uh, then like choose the red words. And that's just basically asking them, Hey, what's this thing that you said? Like the castle of, I don't know, fucking Aragorn. (laughs) Uh, What's that? And then they'll explain it to you. And then you, that kind of goes sort of into more or less an inventory of keywords that you have. And then when you're talking to somebody else, you can ask them about keywords that, that you've learned from other people that are in your quote, that what I'm calling your keyword inventory. Interesting. And you have to use that at certain parts of the game to make the story progress. One, the, the, the most obvious example is early on. There's this, uh, they say that, uh, the, the queen or princess or somebody tells you that the, um, the keyword wild rose, that's, that's like the secret code word for the, for the rebels, for the people who are rebelling, rebelling against the empire. And you have to, uh, talk when you're talking to some people, you have to go to ask and then click on, uh, wild rose. I I keep saying click on like it's a fucking computer game. (laughs) Choose wild rose, and, uh, that means that you're, you know, bringing up the term wild rose to them, and they're like, oh, you're, you're part of the rebels too. All right, let me show you the secret passage. Come back here, follow me, and we'll, you know, do whatever. Um, it's never really, it's never used. It never is used in a way where it has to be used, if that that makes any sense. They they could have done away with it entirely and just taken out those parts of the game. It doesn't add anything to the game at all. I mean, like I said, practically speaking, you have to use it to advance parts of the plot. But there's nothing there that is really made into any sort of gameplay. It's just a matter of anytime you see a red word, make sure you press the learn button so you learn what it is. And sometimes you have to just go through and ask people a bunch of things before they'll tell you something That lets you progress the plot. Okay. It sucks. The whole whole game sucks. Um, Anything redeeming? Redeeming things is I I think they tried new stuff, and I respect that. They tried this weird dialogue system. I respect that. They tried an entirely different type of leveling system. I respect that. Um, None of it really ends up working. That's honestly the best I have to say for it. the 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 combat is boring because about because the encounter rates are too high and you have to constantly be thinking about what you want to level up, even whether, you know, regardless of whether that's best for the battle that you're in. Uh, I don't really have anything good to say about it. Unfortunately, I went back and listened to. So I did. I did complete the game. It took me a little over 20 hours. Um, okay.
1: It's not as bad as I thought.
0: Yeah, and it's um, it was weird. You know, I told you in Final Fantasy 1, I, I think I ended up significantly overleveled because I had a really easy time with parts of the game that were supposed to be hard. Mm-hmm. With this, I also ended up, I think, very overleveled because the final boss I beat in four or five rounds without even taking that much damage. Wow. So I don't know... What do you? How often do you flee when you play RPGs, Jay?
1: Um, I avoid it for the most part, unless I'm in a dire straits or I'm just tired of random battles. I will generally fight everything. Okay, so I'm like Wait, ah, it's free experience. It'll make me a little bit stronger, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera.
0: Yes, that's exactly what I do. So I don't. I I didn't know if maybe I maybe people just flee more often than I do, but it doesn't sound like that's the case. I don't know. Maybe it's just like you know. S- sometimes I'll get a little bit lost, and uh, I'll be wandering around. But I didn't get lost that much because I got. You know, about halfway through the game, I realized that I wasn't that interested in it, but I did want to complete it. So I used a guide for a lot of it just to kind of help me get through it faster. Mm-hmm. And so even that, I didn't do a lot of just wandering around and randomly, you know, leveling up on encounters. So I don't know how, I don't know why I feel like I was so overleveled, but it really feels like I was. Interesting. But yeah, like I said, about 20 hours. This was this was not a good one. Um, I went back and listened to... Blake's review of this on the podcast that he did, you know, obviously a long time ago. And he said that it is the worst final fantasy game that he has played. And I definitely, I I agree with that. It is the worst final fantasy games. In fact, it's the first, it's the first one that I really think is bad. Uh, Even final fantasy 12, which you know I played the original version of, and I didn't get that far into it. Got maybe ten hours. I didn't really like it, but uh, I didn't think it was a bad game. Yeah. This one I really did not like. I would I would definitely Ouch. agree that this that this is the worst one, at least out of the ones that I've played.
1: Would you give it a two out of ten?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'd give it a two out of fifteen. Nice. All right, we'll uh. That's it for games. You wanna take a quick break before we jump into uh top fives?
1: I'm okay either way, whatever you want
0: to do. Let's take a quick break. Okay.
1: I'll grab some
0: water then. I'll be okay. back. Jay, um you wanna start? Why don't you start us off with the top five? So this is top sure. five um games to play, games that we plan to play in twenty twenty. Our typical uh every our typical annual New Year's game resolution top fives games that we're going to play in this year
1: yep so my first few are going to be more generic and then as we get uh closer to number one they're going to get more specific uh my number five is i wanted uh, my goal is to play at least one fighting game and one sports ball game meaning like any sports related so it could be racing you just said uh, i
0: can't believe you just said sports ball
1: it's hilarious come on my, my zach literally has a shirt that says sports ball it's it's so it's so amazing Don't tell me um that. why it's hilarious
0: it's okay
1: Robert, is that really is that going to upset you? Of all the things I've ever said,
0: <laughs> that's going to be the one that does it. Yeah.
1: Wow. Okay. Um anyways, like, I'm so, not really a
0: huge sports fan, but oh, I just hate the term. I just hate that term.
1: You know it's meant to be ironic, right?
0: Yeah, I think that's okay. yes, okay. that's the Okay, look. I think when most people I I know this is not how you're using it. I think when and this is not even this doesn't even warrant this discussion. But uh, I think the reason I hate it so bad is because when most people use, when most people say sports ball, they're using it in like a denigrating yeah. way.
1: Yeah, I, I know what you're saying.
0: And that just makes it, it's like, come on, just just fucking deal with it that some people like sports. Uh, again, oh, know, some
1: people like sports? I think, I think most people. Yes,
0: that's what I'm saying. I know that's not how you're using it, but that just makes me, anytime I hear it, I just, uh, I, I just ugh, part of me just winces.
1: I got you. Anyways, my number five. Um, my it's goal is to play a sports a, game, a, a fighting <laughs> game. So, so two two parts of this. I want to play at least one fighting game for the podcast. I, I believe I played one last year as well. I think I played Soul Calibur last year for GameCube, uh, but I want to play one fighting game this year. It it's probably going to be one of the more highly regarded ones. Street Fighter um, Street. Pro, pro, possibly. Yeah, that that's definitely on the list um i I will probably play at least i will definitely play at least one um i want to try and play a little bit more than that but we'll see and then obviously as i said before i want to try and play um an additional at least one sports game as well um and that could range from racing type games if i wanted to play a different uh iteration of gran turismo or different racing game altogether or if it is a conventional sports um that'll happen as well so i want to mix things up a little
0: nice oh
1: fuck were you not recording?
0: Yeah, no. I just remembered that I didn't do the thing where I go back and Neither check one. out our last year's um, things to see if we actually did them.
1: Oh, I know I didn't do most of mine. I don't need to hear it.
0: I'm pretty sure I did all of mine. I know I had sports game. That sports games was my sports games was one of mine.
1: Sports ball games,
0: <laughs> and uh, I know I nailed that one. Eternal darkness was one. If that counts as me finishing it in this year,
1: oh, I don't know about that.
0: <laughs> that was one too, and I'm pretty sure I did. I don't remember what the rest were, but I'm pretty sure that I did them. Uh, but I'll, I'll check that out for the next episode, so we can have a we can set the slate. We we can see how the uh, we can get see us how fresh that for the
1: out. new year, Robert. Get us fresh for the new year. Yeah. Uh,
0: okay. So my number five is Dragon Warrior for NES. Oh, cool. Okay. So what, uh, I,
1: what prompted this
0: be uh, me be me be me turning into the world's biggest weeb. Oh my God. I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> I figured I did a uh, Final Fantasy one. Now, you know, obviously Dragon Warriors and NES RPGs. I feel like it's one of the basic NES RPGs. So I, mm. I feel like I need to give that one a shot. I dig it. <clears throat>
1: All right. Number four. Uh, this one is in the co- console focus. So, I, I generally don't uh, branch out as far as you do, and I'm not planning to this year, at least, at least not as yet. I know you play a, a lot more consoles than I do generally, uh, but one of the consoles I, I haven't been given enough love is the GameCube. Um, there are a lot of really strong titles for the GameCube, and I think I played one last year, at least one. I know I played one of the Pikmin's ga- uh, one of the Pikmin for it, uh, but there are quite a few GameCube games that are very highly regarded that I want to spend some time. With. I think actually, Eternal Darkness is for GameCube originally, yes, wasn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, that may be one of them as well, but there, there are. It, it was interesting. I was looking through like PlayStation One games that I haven't played that people recommend, and Super Nintendo, which are two systems that are you know pretty common when you look at um like really great classic games. Oh yeah, and GameCube is is like one of those sleepers. Like it has some really really powerful titles. So
0: cool. So not, so none in particular. Are any calling your name besides? You said maybe. Um, there were Darkness. a few that I was
1: looking at. Let me pull this back up one second here. I'm gonna mute my mic for a second.
0: Um, I know you mentioned Eternal Darkness. There's a. Uh, I I know you played Pikmin 2.
1: Yeah, I want to give uh, Metroid Prime another try because I know people really do like the game, but that one you and I I think you and I both have the same opinion on that. Yeah. Um I, I wanted to play Star, Star Fox Adventures again. I know it's not considered to be an amazing game. Ooh,
0: but that's one that I should play.
1: Yeah. There's one other one that I was looking Oh, um uh, one of the one of the Bond games I really enjoyed playing when I was younger, Nightfire. Um, i wanted to play that again possibly final fantasy crystal chronicles which is kind of a meme but
0: what what, what, what's that tell me give me crystal chronicles yeah um
1: so let me see let me pull up i'm trying to remember the exact games uh, gameplay because i watched somebody play through this earlier this year i'm trying to remember what the actual because i'm trying to remember if this was an online game or if this was single player but i remember people saying this game was kind of a meme like it was like really childish i want to say Let's i think
0: say they're childish. coming out with a remaster or remake or something that, like that for switch
1: oh really oh maybe maybe it's not then maybe
0: yeah i don't think it's a online thing or anything yeah it's coming out uh 2020 for so oh, for switch ps4 android and ios Huh.
1: Oh, perfect wow that's interesting spread yes yeah, on Switch. is i'm so glad i got a switch by the way
0: oh hell yeah
1: Um, so yeah, there's definitely a few games that piqued my curiosity and it just, I was just like, man, there's a lot of games for GameCube that I haven't touched in a long time or I haven't touched at all that, um, that warrants some attention.
0: Okay. All right. Um, my number four is Ace Combat 4 for PS2. Kind of random, I know, but, uh, apparently the Ace Combat series is really kind of, uh, has, it really has a cult following. I remember okay. I remember when this came out for PS2 and it got really good reviews and um I don't remember why but I just specifically remember when this came out and that it got really good reviews. Um but I I think a newer a newer one came out this year or last year pretty recently and uh kind of I was watching some stuff on it and apparently the People were saying, yeah, like this game really has kind of a cult following. It's, it's kind of a fun, it's a, basically just a, you know, jet fighter kind of jet, jet dog fight simulator, not simulator, but like an action game where you're just like a fighter jet type game. Okay. Um, But it also does some kind of like uh, some weird and quirky things. So uh, I was like, you know, let's go back to the PS2 one that's supposed to be so good. And, uh, and, and I'll give that one a shot. So yeah, Ace Combat 4 for me. Cool, number three.
1: My number two, or wait, no. Oh yeah, it's number three. I'm sorry, I yep. jumped, jumped, uh, jumped, the shark there. Apologies uh My number three. You're gonna like this one. Uh, I, pl- I I played through a good chunk of Final Fantasy VII last year, but in preparation for the the rem- or the re-release, I guess it's is there, it's a remaster, right? Yeah, it's well, a remaster. I don't know what are talking about yet? <laughs> the Final Fantasy VII. Sorry. Try to. Uh, it's a remake. It's a remake. Remaster okay. would be just like if the they, yeah,
0: a remaster is just okay. like they fix the graphics
1: copy paste and update something. So um, I, I was going to encourage you to do this as well, to do maybe a, a quick playthrough of final fantasy seven again, right before, like a month before oh, man, the new one comes out. I know that's kind of a tough, ch- tough
0: challenge. I don't think I can do it,
1: just, you don't think you do it because of time or you don't think you could, you could, uh, do well, it you find again?
0: two reasons. One, I could maybe do it because of time, but also right now I, I do like the idea of us doing that, but I really want to play them all in order right now. To mm. kind of, to get the uh, to get that the feeling sense. of how oh, you they got went.
1: plenty of time. You got four to go. <laughs> <laughs> no big deal.
0: We'll see if I can do it by April tenth.
1: Well, I'm planning to at least. Uh, I'm not going to okay. do like a, a full full content playthrough because I did. I've done that a few times, but just to just to speed through the game because realistically, I mean the the first two discs you're on a rail for the most part. It's it's a little bit of a grind. You can get through it pretty easily. It's disc three that um, requires some some grinding to complete. At least in my opinion.
0: Um, oh, by the way, on my Final Fantasy adventure through all of them, I don't plan on replaying Final Fantasy VI because I played that one for the podcast just about two years ago, and um, I don't really feel that like, makes sense. yeah I don't really feel like playing it over again since it's been so recent. But I do plan on replaying seven and ten, uh, basically everything else that I've played besides six, which is just seven, ten, and. Eleven and yeah, twelve.
1: Yeah, replay, replay ten again. I like you. I like this.
0: But yeah, uh, ten I haven't played since probably about a year after it came out. And well, seven for
1: every system in existence, including your cell phone. So.
0: <laughs> and seven I played um, probably about. It was when you and I were still writing for EG. So it was that, seven years yeah. ago. Um, yeah, something like that. It was about seven years ago when I played seven. So I'm down. I'm definitely down to play that again. I'm definitely down to play ten again, uh, but not six. Okay. All right. Uh, back to me, I guess. Number three, GoldenEye for Nintendo 64. Oh, buddy. Maybe next
1: time we do a visit, we can play together.
0: Oh, shit. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I loved it. I always have, um, but it's been forever since I've played it. And I've played, I think my grand total of Nintendo 64 games that I've played for the podcast is one right now. Really? Because I played Mario 64 last year. Because I hadn't played any 64 games. And I don't think I've... I think I'm pretty sure that's still the only one that I've played. I bought Wave Race, but I, I'm pretty certain that I haven't discussed it yet. So, uh, yeah. GoldenEye it is. Interesting.
1: i played, i played, I think, quite a few games for 64. Both Zeldas. Pic, no, Pikmin's GameCube.
0: You played... Um, uh, Banjo-Kazooie. Yeah, yeah, and you did a... Uh, what is it? Fuck. Oh, um, Quest 64. Oh No, uh, the, uh, uh, the Mario, or the Paper Mario. Paper Mario?
1: Paper yeah. Mario, yeah. That was quite a few. Okay.
0: All right, number two, me? Jay. Yeah.
1: Number two. So, after, um, so I will tell you, Hunter spent 275 hours so far uh, playing through Fire Emblem Three Houses for Switch. <laughs>
0: um,
1: Lisa put in oh, over 100 hours. I put no in 10 way. hours. Oh, yeah. they, they Hunter is doing his fourth playthrough. He's playing on the hardest difficulty um and he i watched him get roasted by it. it's so fun to watch but he is legitimately uh 270 something hours into into Fuck. playing that game yep he really likes it um i also really like it. i've watched him play a ton obviously it's it's um very similar to fun obviously tactics in terms of combat so one of my uh things i want to do this here is i want to play one of the other fire emblem games i'm not sure if i'm gonna go back and start with some of the the oldest ones and work my way forward or if I may just pick one of the, the more uh, reclaimed or, or higher higher rated ones, okay. um, just depending on what I want to do exactly. But I want to play through at least, not play through, but at least give a shot at one of the older Fire Emblem games. And if I like it, it may be a series that I may dive into, you know, cool. head first. Yeah. That game, I don't know if you've looked at the reviews for, for the Switch game. They're oh, ridiculously yeah. high. They, such- I've
0: heard so much and I've watched a little bit of it. I actually plan to, to get that pretty soon.
1: It's so fun. Like the music's incredible. The graphics incredible. The, the freaking fighting is just amazing. Like it, it's Lisa and, and Hunter both have, have expressed, like they are so attached to their characters. Um, Hunter played through the Blue Lions, he, he was um, led by Dimitri, and Hunter just like, he thinks that Demetrius is like the coolest character. And, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's such a well-done game. And the voice acting. Oh, man. They actually, during GDQ, when they were speed running uh, that game specifically, they had one of the voice actors there in the studio talking. And it was so funny because I heard his voice and I'm like, I know that voice. And then they were like talking about I'm like, is he there? And then they showed him and I'm like, holy shit. He was actually there just to help promote, you know, get, get more viewership for, for games done quick. And it was his voice is like one of those voices. You're like, holy shit. That guy, like, it's like butter. Like, it, it's just such... A great, which sounds really weird, but he has such a great sounding voice um, when you play, when you hear in the game, and he sounds exactly like that in real life. Like he that's doesn't. Even awesome. have to try. I hate him so much. He
0: sounds like that in real life. <laughs> yeah, that's like. But that. you know what I mean.
1: Like normally when you hear voice acting, they're like putting inflection or they're uh, putting a lot of motion in their voice, or whatever. It's like no, that's just his Bass voice. Like it's just that good.
0: That's so funny. That remi- This is super random, but uh, I was watching. So that. So, <laughs> um, I was there's this. Uh, I was listening to this band that I've been. I've been trying to listen to not not branch out so much as just listen to more different bands that I haven't listened to much before. And uh, there's this Prague metal band called Wild Run that okay. I was that I've kind of recently discovered. And this guy, their singer, he has the most fucking. Epic heroic voice, like you would think he was singing a fucking Lord of the Rings ballad or something like that. Um, and I was watching the uh, like a video of them recording like the most badass song that I've ever heard, and he's just like sitting there with like his hands in his pockets singing this song, like super casually. It's so funny, but like he has like the best voice I've ever heard in a heavy metal band.
1: that's crazy
0: yeah it was, it was it's really fun to watch to watch him sing, because he's just sitting there just like he's just like chilling but uh it was funny that you said that about hunter because when i was over at your house he that was all he did the whole time yeah. was play <laughs> uh,
1: in all <laughs> seriousness like he comes out of my house he brings a switch and if we're doing something if we're playing a board game and he can't play yet because we're still going or if i'm playing like north card or something like but by the way i'll talk about that at the end of this podcast but okay um then he will just play he'll just play it the entire time and oh the, Wait, the he did the, he uh, he
0: could he could have played with us but he was like no, I think I'm just going to play Fire
1: Emblem. And at that point, he had already done two playthroughs, or three playthroughs. <laughs> like, that's that's what's so crazy. The music, the battle music, it is very repetitive. Uh, I heard it for a month straight from my television, but it's so good. <laughs> like, no matter how many times you hear it, it still gets you pumped. Ah, oh, it's so frustrating. I love it.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, that So, yours, your number two is... Is hey, now, fire fire, okay, okay, sorry, fire yeah. Okay. <laughs> My number two is Zenosaga. Mm. Um Gears obviously is not well, Gears is a love it or hate it type of game, I feel like. Um I played that one for the podcast about two years ago, I think, and I didn't really I got very far, but I didn't like it. Zenosaga, however, that's a, this is for PS2. I played when it came out. Uh, just sort of randomly. I don't really know why. But uh, I really liked it. And um, I ended up beating it and really loved the game. I, I love the wow. the aesthetic of the game. This was one that I felt like really took a long time to get going. But then after a while, then it really started to get good. And I kind of got hooked on it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I really loved this game. And I, and I did beat it originally. But it's been so long that I remember almost nothing about it besides just kind of what what it looked and felt like. So uh, I really would like to play that again. Again, since I'm the world's Ooh. biggest weeb now. So Xenosaga.
1: I hate you so much. It's <laughs> never ending with you. I love it.
0: Number one, Jay. Uh,
1: my number one, and this is actually, for in regards to our game of the quarter, this is one of uh, one of the games I was going to suggest. Um, so I played through a good chunk of this game. I got stuck at one part and got really frustrated and ultimately quit. And I want to do a revisit on this game because Lisa actually introduced me to this game. This game is incredible. Uh, this is Odin Sphere. Odin Sphere is a PS1 Oh, game. shit. I
0: thought about doing PS4 this one. PS2. Yeah. It,
1: this game is... It is such a... It's it's another one of those gems. You, you you don't really hear about it that much. Like, you might people might talk about it for once in a while. This is such an incredible game. From the combat to the visuals to the music. It's it just... It is a very engrossing game. And if somebody was like, oh, I'm looking for an action RPG that kind of takes a different take I'd be like, every time. This game is, is such a bizarre it is a very unique game in this in regard. Um, and I, I want to play through it again. I want to try to beat it because I was playing on one of the harder difficulties, but there were, I think one or two difficulties above what I was playing at.
0: Fuck. Just,
1: and it was already pretty damn challenging. It, it was like the level I was at, I was getting really frustrated with, and I had to do some pretty janky things to survive. So um, if, yeah, this is something that I was going to recommend for game of the quarter as well, but uh, we could talk about that in a few minutes.
0: That is uh, yeah, we'll think about it. Cause ooh, for game of the quarter, yeah, we 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 yeah. We'll talk about that after. We'll do this. We'll do that before emails. Um, I don't know if that's what I would want to do for game of the quarter. We'll get there, but uh, th- but but I will say out of the games you've you've discussed ever on the podcast, that's one of the ones that I've been most intrigued by and really do want to check out.
1: That's cool. I'm glad to hear it, it is. It is a unique one. It is very very fun.
0: All right. So that's your number one.
1: Uh, that is my number one. Yep.
0: All right. You ready for this? Yep. DOA Extreme Beach Volleyball. Oh my! Are you serious? I'm serious. <laughs> <laughs> I never played it, and I have to.
1: I wasn't allowed to play it as a kid.
0: Oh, I, I I probably would not have been if I was your age, but um, I was a little older than you, so that wasn't really, you know, in the part of the equation, but I just never... I think the reason I never played it was, I think I really did <laughs> want to get it, but then I was like... This is a full price fucking game for just playing volleyball and, uh, and it just kinda wasn't really worth it. Yep. Now uh, that I'm just bathing I'm in money. <laughs> uh, you know, we got the podcast, we're really raking in the Benjamins. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna just do it. I need to get so ai I'm, ex- I'm I'm gonna
1: type something in this chat right now oh no let me know if i can read this on the air this is from zach
0: no yeah you can do that <laughs> <laughs> so Go my old
1: roommate zach he is a, a, a gem he is a funny guy um <laughs> he, he's been listening to our podcast and he he very he <laughs> the only time he ever really listened to the podcast prior to this was when he used to listen to me do it right next to him in our old house uh, he just messaged me and said, so I tried listening to a random podcast of yours. I had to stop. I'm mildly stoned and drunk, and I thought I was in Discord chat with you for at least three minutes, and I was responding to you or Robert.
0: <laughs> so wait a minute. He thought he was talking to us at when, as he was listening to an old podcast? He, he was
1: l- listening to the podcast, and he thought we were all in Discord together, and whatever we were conversing about in the podcast, he was responding. In much the
0: <laughs> That's my understanding. Holy shit. Okay. Thank you for that's that. That's That's a good, that's a, that's a classic right there. Okay. Uh, everybody pray for Zach, please. Yeah. Rest <laughs> in pieces. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So, so a extreme beach volleyball for me. Sorry, I need, one more thing. this I need, is what he said afterwards. Oh no. <laughs> a picture of Squidward. Dabbing. That, okay, I hadn't started the animation Have you ever seen yet. This before? He's he's pasted it in our Dungeons and Dragons chat at least forty five times. It's so
1: good, I love it. it laugh.
0: <laughs> yes, it is good. Anyway, sorry, uh, that's that's okay. I do need to get an Xbox, and this will be another. This will be a good excuse. <laughs> do extreme beach volleyball will be a good excuse for me to get an Xbox because I also want to play. Uh, I'm not putting this on my list, but I want to play uh Tony Hawk Two at some point so uh
1: two and three man two and three
0: and i know that's on other stuff too but first i don't know for some reason for me that's an xbox game so i uh so yeah i need to grab an xbox so i can play extreme beach volleyball tony hawk 2 and some other stuff because i haven't done any xbox things for the podcast either
1: sure Whew. yeah we've done very little xbox things actually that's a good point yeah Like at halo and halo 2 and a few other things yeah
0: yeah i don't know if i'm gonna do halo because i'm just not the biggest halo fan
1: Oh, it's such a good game. I'm, I'm not a huge Halo person. Halo one is so fun. The story alone.
0: See, I never got like the story that story su-
1: mode. The story mode. Right I there,
0: beat sorry. Halo One, and even at the time, I just didn't get caught up in. Everybody fucking loved the game, and I I never really quite understood it. Like I, it was like, yeah, this is a good first person really shooter, fun. but I didn't get as sucked into it as most people did. I think if I try playing that it's going to be the situation kind of like it was for me today with Eternal Darkness where it's like yeah this is a good game but I just didn't really feel like playing it too much. Um yeah nothing against Halo it's just not just not for me. Okay um uh Game of the Quarter. So yes. We I think we talked about this briefly last time so for the last game of the quarter uh it was Jay's turn but he Jay wanted me to pick out a game in the roguelike genre for us to play. And of course that ended up being rogue. So I'm going to do the, so now it's my turn. Yeah. Now it's my turn to pick and I'm going to do kind of the same thing. I'm going to have, I'm having Jay pick out an RPG for us to play or, or give me some options and I'm going to, and I'm going to pick one out of his uh, suggestions. Are you ready? I think so. Yeah. Number one, kingdom hearts. And I'm sorry, but (laughs) fuck you, (laughs) by the way, the, the things we talked about were don't do Final Fantasy because I'm going to play those anyways, and I I requested for it to be a uh, for it to be JRPGs, but I also said you know if you have any non JRPG really good ideas go ahead and throw those in and I'll consider them. Yeah, I'm going to
1: well. give you a bunch of options and then we'll we'll talk about it.
0: Okay. So um, I, should I write no, these uh, down?
1: Uh, I haven't written down. Okay. I can put them in chat too. Okay. So okay. I'll I'll top up the list afterwards. Uh, the first one I have is Vagrant Story. Um, this was an RPG that I played for the podcast last year. It's a very unique style RPG. It's not turn-based. Um, you're fighting mobs out in the world. It, it's a game that, that a lot of people... It's another one of those kind of not rare games, but like, it, it's a game people don't talk about as much. Um, the story was pretty interesting. The combat is pretty fun. It's open-world. I'm trying to remember. Here, I'll send you a...
0: No, I'm, I'm familiar with I actually bought this uh, when it came out. Okay. So you know what that is? Yes, I know. What the, yeah, I'm familiar with it.
1: Perfect. Uh, the next one is Tactics Ogre. Obviously, similar to Final Fantasy Tactics. People say if you like Final Fantasy Tactics, you'll love Tactics Ogre. I've played it a few times. I have not gotten super far into it. it doesn't draw me in as much as Final Fantasy Tactics, but I still love the fighting. So that that...
0: Is it um, Tactics Ogre Let Us Cling Together?
1: Uh, I don't know. Are you trolling me right now?
0: No, it says... Oh. Uh, It was a sequel to Ogre Battle, the March of the Black Queen. So I just want to make sure. Uh, I'm sorry. Hold
1: on. Let me make sure because we might be talking about Ogre
0: Battle. Looks like Tactics Ogre was a PS... No, okay. This is on... Oh, okay. PlayStation, Sega Saturn, Super Famicom, and PSP. It looks very much like Final Fantasy Tactics. So this could very well be what you meant. But I just want to make sure.
1: Yeah, actually either way... One that because i played i've played ogre battle i'm sorry i haven't played tactics ogre how do i mix those up
0: well they have make, pretty similar say, uh, names
1: yeah but like they're yeah, i guess that's true
0: so ogre battle that was super I've nintendo played ogre right?
1: battle i'm sorry yes i've played ogre battle not tactics ogre okay um but uh, yeah obviously very similar oh, actually no this is no <laughs> i have played i had it backwards no because i'm looking at the combat that's that's generally how i remember things okay no 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 no. okay hold on let me go back <laughs> and by robert okay i'll waste as much time as... all right hold on <gasps> okay i was right the first time it was tactics, tactics Oga. Oga. okay Got yes it. it's uh, sorry oh um, uh, the it. other one Ogre <laughs> battle is, has a different combat style it, it's it's a obviously still turn-based but kind of different it know. looks like
0: from what i can see ogre battle is more just of an rpg and tactics ogre is a tactics rpg yes okay yes there you go so tactics um, ogre is the one
1: yes tactics okay. ogre is the one okay uh the next one is mario and luigi superstar saga oh goodness, that fast. Uh, this is for game boy which one game boy advance game boy color game boy advance is what it originally came out for um, very fun game. This does have similar combat to Paper Mario. What was the game that you didn't like where you had like the input commands? You had to do like the timing input commands. Oh,
0: that's the original uh, seven stars. Um, Mario. Okay. RPG. Oh, yeah, Mario.
1: RPG. But, but but
0: but I do absolutely love uh, Mario and Luigi Paper Jam, which is kind of a combination of this and uh, Paper Mario, of course. Mm-hmm. So I think like this. This is a different, definite, definite contender because I think the later games in this general series, I I do like.
1: I, I when I first played this game, I couldn't put it down. When I first got it, um, I like played through it from start to finish. When I first got it, and I've played through it a few times since. Amazing game, love it. it it's very lighthearted, obviously, but uh, very fun overall. This, let me. This is a high contender.
0: Let me uh go. I might. It's possible that I might have this. Let me. I'm gonna yell to you from my from like five feet away while I'm looking at my stuff. Um I have Mario okay, Paper Jam. Mario and Luigi I do have this. Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. It's a version that came out for three DS that also has Bowser's Minions. I think it's some sort of uh, add-on or just extra version of it or something like that. It
1: looks like they made it for 3DS, Wii U, and and Game Boy Advance. I
0: actually own this. So this is a, yeah, definite contender. Okay.
1: Uh, The next one, you ready for this? Yes. Any of the Golden Sun games.
0: Golden Sun?
1: (laughs) What? Okay.
0: Golden (laughs) Sun.
1: uh, Golden Sun is a very, very popular title. Golden Sun is, um, it is a turn-based JRPG. Okay. Um, you have it is very focused with puzzles. Um, there, there is a lot of puzzles in the open world that you have to interact with. Uh, it, I, I'm trying to think how to describe this game. This is a very, very, very good game. Like <laughs> both, both the ones that I played because I think they did two for the Game Boys. It was like Dawn of
0: Sega. The 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 puzzles aspect is start is kind of turning me off. I gotta say.
1: Interesting. Okay, so let me explain. More. So you essentially um, you you have set characters. There's not like any custom classes that you make. You basically are given four characters in each game. Um, they have different, uh, I forget what their abilities are called. They're psychic type abilities. You have one that's called Move, which like creates this floating hand that allows you to manipulate objects. There's one that picks up things. There's a magnet type. There's all these different spells that you can use in the open world that interact with objects for different types of uh, puzzles. Uh, it calls for some revisit to locations as you progress, kind of like a Zelda game, where as soon as you get an item, you go back and you can progress further a different direction. Um, and then you get these things called Jin D J I N N I believe is how it's spelled. Uh, there's four different elements, and each character you can assign them uh, a number of Jin, and they get certain stats from it. And then when you use them, um, so if you use like one Jin, then you can you it goes on cooldown. While it's on cooldown, you can use the cooldown resource. Bear with me to do a big sum. Okay, and if you do like one Earth, it's a little summit if you do two earth it's a bigger summit three earth it's a bigger summit and then the fourth one i think the earth one was called thor and it's these really visually pleasing summons that are just super duper cool um music's fantastic the story is actually pretty good it starts off again a little bit lighthearted and childish but progresses very quickly into something a little bit more serious um golden sun is an incredible series i think there's been two or three I want to say there's been two, but I feel like I'm forgetting one. Yeah, it looks like there's two. Okay. Uh, amazing game. These are very, very fun. If we were going to play one, I would probably inc- uh, recommend playing the original one uh, because I think it's a better game overall. just kind of interests me a little more.
0: Oh, the, the first Golden Zone?
1: Yeah, it looks like there actually is three. There is three, but I would still recommend to play the first one.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, very fun games um the next one is Odin Sphere we talked about a little bit before um great game very unique just you I've talked about enough uh and then lastly I took a little bit of a different direction and uh I threw out Icewind Dale Icewind Dale is a game that I played for the podcast last year Very. I think you played the second one right yeah I played the second one and I, I based on what I've read the second one is the one to play even if you haven't played the first one Uh, This is one of those types of games where you create a party and you basically D&D'd up. You get to do whatever you want. You interact with different characters based on your stats. You can have certain conversations. Certain conversations have certain uh, reactions to them. You can fight. Um, It is a punishing game. It is one of those brutal games where if you make dumbass decisions or if you build your party, not incorrectly, but if you just kind of fuck off with it, you will struggle. Um, I found this game to be very, very fun. The dialogue options were actually pretty cool, and the dialogue was good. And there's, I believe, there's voice acting too. Um, the graphics are yeah. more than bearable. They're they're better than Diablo II. Um, I would say they're a little bit more detailed than Diablo 2 and less cartoony, uh, less of that Blizzard style, more um, realistic looking. Um, but this, this is, is a this is the very second one that you're talking about. Yes, Icewind Dale II. Okay. So here's the all the full list. Um,
0: I've got it. I was writing it down. Oh, perfect. As you put them.
1: Yeah, so I want to give you some variety. Um, I know you did ask for some JRPGs, so I tried to include, I guess, Vagrant Star- I think Vagrant Star is JRPG, Golden Sun. Is Golden Sun JRPG? I
0: think, I think, it, that is. Would, I think it is. I, I think even Mario and Luigi would count. Te- yeah, I guess that's true,
1: too. No, I'm trying to make sure that, because I know Golden Sun was made by Camelot Games, I think is what it's called. I should make sure it's a Japanese-based company.
0: Yeah. Well, it's close enough. It doesn't, uh, we're, we don't have to get too okay. strict on it. Um... I'm I'm gonna go with either Tactics Ogre or Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. Ooh. Okay. Um. Part of me wants. Part of me is leaning toward Mario, Mario and Luigi because I have it on 3DS, and I'm also gonna be going on a week-long trip in March, and that would be a good time to. Oh,
1: that's perfect to do. You, that. you could beat it in a week too.
0: But I wonder if I might want to go for Tactics Ogre though. I don't want to pick it uh, just because it's the more convenient one to play. I want to pick which one I think is going to be more interesting.
1: So think about this. What other games you plan to play in the first quarter? Are any of them of similar styles? Maybe avoid the one that's similar to any other games you're planning to play. In you know, that's quarter. a good
0: point because I am planning on playing one that's... Well, I actually have started one that's similar to Tactics Ogre. Interesting. Have you played...
1: That, that style is... Uh, You can get burned out on that. You know what I mean, like that. Mm -hmm. The strategy.
0: Have you played Mario and Luigi? Yeah, it's pretty good.
1: I I have played it and beat it a couple times. It is a very game. a couple times. It It is very very fun.
0: Let's do it. Let's do Mario and Luigi.
1: Okay, I'm all about it.
0: And I might play Tactics Ogre just anyways at some point. Yeah. Okay, so our next game of the quarter, let me write this down so don't forget, is Mario and Luigi Superstar First, Saga. saga.
1: I'm excited.
0: Fun good game. um good choices by the way. That was a, that was a good good Thanks. options. Email time. Uh- <laughs> yeah Jay we got some emails okay holy shit I don't see one from Mr. Night Cleaner
1: (gasps) wait can we do the podcast then no yeah as I say do you want to just cancel it yeah that's a wrap okay sorry guys
0: that was just me folk joking um, Jay uh, Mr. B- uh, father Beast has our first email okay okay he says uh, I'll, I'll take this one he says classic gamers this is father Beast <clears throat> when I was listening to your last podcast, Mid-December, if this doesn't make it in for some reason, I was thinking that I wanted to participate in the the end-of-the-year lists, but I forgot to write them down. And I guess this mail will mostly be about Rogue, with one other thing at the end. Uh, So, Rogue, what can I say? I can say that I think I would rather play the original text adventure, the Colossal Cave Adventure, than ever play this again. (laughs) This is definitely not my kind of game. So I got the game, and I had the option of new Rogue or old Rogue. I got the new one. I, it had this thing where I could just press F1 and get the list of commands, which was nice, since I was checking it all the time to figure out how to do something. F2 would list all the monsters, which are just capital letters on the screen, and F6 lists all the things like scrolls, wands, potions you've discovered. These things will help, but the gameplay is still the same. I played a couple of times, dying on level 1, before I got a notebook and recorded a number of my tries. <laughs> this is how it went. Okay. Oof. Beast A... Used the bow to start... I guess Beast is what his character... Oh, Father Beast. Okay. Beast A used the bow to start with, which allowed survival, since most monsters could be killed before getting to me, and I died too quickly at the first level while melee fighting. I found two potions and a scroll on level one, tried them all, still don't know what one of the potions or the scroll did, even though I was prompted to name them. I did actually experience that a few times. It would have some weird, vague message that didn't really tell me what happened. Uh, the other potion was a potion of confusion, and I banged into walls for a while until it wore off. Leveled up twice and found a banded male on level three, with, which helped with defense. Got another potion, which was a potion of healing this time. On level four, I found three scrolls and a potion. The first scroll was a scroll of identify, and I identified the, the potion as a potion of see invisible. I don't know what the other two scrolls are. On five, I got another scroll of identify and identified a scroll of monster confusion. Leveled up. Level seven, there was another scroll. I didn't know what it was, and a rattlesnake bit me, and my strength went down before I killed it. I had a tough fight with a centaur. It was down to two hit points, and I was resting into the corner of a room when another centaur came along and killed me.
1: Centaurs are brutal.
0: Beast B found two wands and a scroll of identify on level one. Uh, level one, a wand of cold and a wand of magic missile. Leveled up and went to level two, found two scrolls, I know what they are, but they are useless. One is a scroll of confusion, another is teleportation. I got a potion of healing, leveled, went to level three. I'd use the wands and I found another one. I don't know what it is, but it kills monsters. Found a potion of paralysis, moved on when it wore off. Level four, I leveled up again. Blah 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 blah. Uh, I got to. I uh, just lost my place. Oh, got bit by a rattlesnake, so I'm weaker. Level five, found a ring. It's teleport. Uh, random times, it will teleport me to somewhere else in the level, and it's cursed, so I can't take it off. <laughs> Yikes. That's a roguelike for you. Uh, it makes it a hassle to try to map out the levels. Got a chainmail and stuff. or Leprechaun stole some gold, but I don't really care since there are no stores to spend my gold. Yeah, that, that's, that's kind of a funny thing about rogue. I uh, got to level seven, found a potion of paralysis, and threw it at a centaur, but it didn't help I got killed by a centaur. That was another, that was actually one thing that tripped me up in this game is in, I believe just about every rogue like since this one, if you have a potion of something, if you throw it at a monster, it will do whatever that potion does to the monster. And that doesn't seem to be true for this one. Like if it's a potion of confusion and you throw it at a monster, it'll confuse them for instance. Okay. Uh, but that doesn't seem to be the case in this game so I got screwed by that a couple times as well. Uh, beast C found a scroll and tried it. It was identified, but I had nothing to identify. A few monsters later, I was killed by an emu. Uh, beast D. Wow. We're going all the way to beast. I also, I'll try to, I'll try to <laughs> make this fast. Uh, I might paraphrase a little bit here. Let's see. Beast D. He got to level five, lost three strength fighting a rattlesnake. um, Found a ring of regeneration. Ooh, that, okay, that's that's a really strong ring in these types of games. Now this should be the win button for survival. He also got a, some other wands and stuff. Uh, level six, he lost two more strength to another rattlesnake. Uh, he got a potion, but he ran out of food, started getting faint. Uh, he would lose consciousness periodically, sometimes while fighting monsters. Fortunately, the regeneration kept him alive. He made it to level eight before starving to death. Did you run out of, so did he, did you run out of, okay, he ran out of food. I wonder how that happened. Yeah,
1: I, I never ran out of food, but uh, obviously you could. I I never got close to running out of food even, to be honest with you.
0: I didn't, I didn't either. That's interesting. Okay. Um, Maybe we playing a
1: different version. It sounds like he's playing a more extreme version. Could you know be. I mean?
0: Could be. Um, let's see. Beast G. He got a potion, but it was a potion of poison, but he didn't drink it. On level two, I threw the potion of poison at a kestrel, then it killed me. <laughs> wow. Classic. Um, let's see. Beast H. Uh, let's see. He got two scrolls of the same type on level one. They turn your hands red. I don't know what that means. I feel like I got the same thing, and I was equally confused. Um, then he got a potion of blindness and went blind. Um, he used a staff of polymorph on, an, on a monster, which then killed him. Yes. Uh, he So he says, I think it turns the monster into something random, since I don't usually meet a centaur on level 3. Yes, that is exactly what the Wand of Polymorph does. It, it turns a monster into something random. And so typically the strategy for these types of games with the Wand of Polymorph is you use it on the later levels, because in early levels, it could turn it into anything. Um, It could be, you know, there's very good chance that'll be something super strong but if you use it on a very strong monster then you know the worst that can happen is it's going to turn into the same you know something of relatively equal strength or in a best case scenario it might turn it into something really weak so uh the the strategy for those is you save them for later levels then finally he says beast eye um he got a ring got some studded leather he got faint from hunger and fainted several times And, uh, let's see, found some food, blah, 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 blah. He got to level eight, found an Aquator, which spews rusty water on you and degrades your armor. Yes, that happened to me quite a lot. Um, on level nine, he got killed by a Quagga. I decided that I was done, as I probably wouldn't get any farther than that. I've done my part and gave this game a shot. You you did put a lot of, uh, a lot of tries into that. I'll give it, I'll give that to you, Father Beast. He says, thoughts. I can see the influence on Diablo in this game. Like the idea... That like like the idea that moving attacking and attacking are the same thing you guys might be interested in looking at the dev game club podcast where they interviewed a developer on Diablo Diablo was originally going to be a turn based roguelike but Blizzard wanted it real time he didn't want to do it and made up a real time system just to show how bad it would be so he made this up and tried it out. And his guy went up and bashed a skeleton, and it felt so so good. He says the clouds parted, the sun shone down, the <laughs> choir sang, and he was converted. Actually, I, yes, Father Beast, I believe I've seen that exact same interview because I remember all of that. Either that, or he's told the story multiple times on different interviews. But I, I've heard that exact same thing. Uh, anyway, Rogue just isn't my thing. I did play, excuse me, Ragnarok, another rogue like I've played in the past. If you want to look it up, search under the name Ragnarok Valhalla. Otherwise, you'll be buried in other games. One of the nicer things about Ragnarok is there isn't much chance of starving since you can eat the dead bodies of monsters. Of course, some are poisonous. Some will cause you to mutate or other things. There are also vendors, though getting that to work with rogue mechanics is pretty clunky. I didn't get very far and I didn't go back after stopping with rogue since I was burned out. Yeah, that sounds kind of like how NetHack handles it. If I remember correctly, in NetHack, you can eat uh, corpses. And I've played other games where you can eat corpses, too. And usually the way that mechanic works is you can eat a corpse, but you can't hang on to it for very long or else it goes bad. So it's kind of like a, yes, you can do it, but you have to kind of constantly be, you you have to do it right then, more or less. Okay, on to another subject. It's time for New Year's Resolution Games and to find out how we did with last year's New Year's Resolution Games. I did not play a single game on last year's list, so I'm copying... So I'm just copying over the list from last year. So his New Year's resolution games are Sins of a Solar Empire. I know this game isn't that old, but I've been hearing good things about it for years, and I just got it for free recently. Freelancer. I've been thinking about this since I read the review in PC Gamer years ago. I have the discs, but never installed it. It's supposed to be sort of like Diablo in space. I've heard good things about Freelancer. Number three, Grim Fandango. People have loved this story for years, but I was afraid because it was made in the same engine as Escape from Monkey Island, which was a huge disappointment. Whoa. Uh, yeah, Grim Fandango is supposed to be very, very good. I did not care for it, but everybody else that I've heard from loves it. Starflight. When I played Mass Effect, I told my son that the races and lore reminded me of Star Control 2. Well, I'm told that this races and lore in Starflight inspired Star Control 2. And number one, Roller Coaster Tycoon. Yeah, buddy. I'm almost certain to enjoy this game since I also liked a similar game, uh, Sim Theme Park, and I've been a big fan of Transport Ty- Tycoon, which was Chris Sawyer's game previous to this. Uh, you know, I, I really liked Sim Theme Park also. I need to uh, to go back and play that one too. He says, "I guess we'll find out if I play any of those this year." I think you will choose the next game of the quarter and see what is being played for the spring. I think you said RPG, so I can hope for Elder Scrolls Arena. It's free, so that's a plus. Sorry for the beast. We're doing Mario.
1: Sorry to disappoint.
0: All right. Ooh, I forgot to pull up our... Uh... Google Doc? Google Doc, yes. Thank you.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you, but I don't want to interrupt you.
0: You can do the next one. This is from... Let me see. Who is it from? Uh, Travis. He says, Travis from Texas. Okay. Here you
1: go. Uh, can you send me the link? I don't know. Oh, I, I had oh, yeah, it saved yeah. as a bookmark, but I got—I guess I got rid of it. Thank you.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. You betcha.
1: Hello, hello, Travis from Texas. Travis says, <clears throat> "Greetings! First time to write in. I discovered your podcast in December of 2017 and worked it into my podcast rotation. I listened to a lot of podcasts as my job involves a lot of driving between service calls. At the time I found your podcast, I would recently gotten back into classic gaming. My interest in classic gaming had been renewed after being the last, or excuse me, after being the last gamer on the planet to discover some of the great YouTube channels like AVGN.
0: Pat, <laughs> oh, good." Pat,
1: The Nespunk and North Texas uh, and and North Texas's own The Game Chasers. Uh, When I began listening to the first episode of your podcast, I ignored Rob's message urging me to skip to the skip the first episodes. (laughs) Uh, Over the past two years, I've really uh, I've really enjoyed working my way through your your series. I've noticed and enjoyed how much the podcast has improved over time without losing that down to earth. Let's riff about old games while having a beer vibe. I miss the Blake, Blake's RPG perspective, but I think your podcast works better with a more positive. Let's not tee off on Rob two person dynamic.
0: (laughs) Thank you uh, for the the kind words, Travis. I I do want to just make it clear. I want to, I I don't want anybody to think (laughs) that Blake is not on the podcast because of like, uh, because of like him and Jay Duncan on me uh on the podcast. I don't think that I
1: dunked on you that much to be honest with you
0: well okay maybe not I don't remember yeah I, but I will say uh yeah I don't want it I just don't yes Blake had uh a really like a fantastic RPG perspective um I don't want I just don't want it to I just don't want anybody to think that the, the reason he's not on here is for dunking on me on the podcast that, yeah that's I, I
1: would never admit to saying that publicly
0: uh, uh, i'm just kidding I'm honestly just kidding. I'm <laughs> honestly just kidding. some of the some of the i as i've gone back and listened to our old episodes and stuff some of the hardest times that i've some of the times that i've laughed the very hardest ever on this podcast were like when you and blake were like <laughs> as he said teeing off on me for for some reason
1: uh honey pop probably
0: that and like i remember the uh talking about how the transistor sword looked like the buster sword or that's what i thought and you guys both dis- disagreed like stuff like that like i genuinely that is some of the hardest that i've ever laughed on this podcast so yeah i just don't want that to i, I don't want anybody to think that that was what happened that's all
1: cool uh he goes on to say your guests have been really uh, have been enjoyable especially Snestrunk. i really enjoy his youtube channel for its short and concise breakdown of snes games which is my favorite of all uh seems favorite all-time gaming console uh i actually want to give a shout out to Snestrunk as well i've been listening to a lot of his videos recently i love he did two iterations of uh secret evermore one that he did when he first started his channel and then he did a, a newer one recently they're both hilarious and they're both fantastic i'd highly encourage it but the, it his content is
0: so good. I saw that too. And it was, it was really interesting how he was like, you know, back at the time I was kind of just trying to make, uh, he, he was like trying to force himself to rage too hard. Basically is what he yeah. said. Um, just to kind of like, cause somebody said like they wanted him to do a negative review. And he said he kind of just like f- sort of faked it and like went too hard into the negative aspects of it. So then he wanted to redo it. I thought that was pretty cool how he redid it because of that.
1: Anyways, back on track. Uh, Travis says, I'm primarily familiar with gaming consoles, so when you guys start talking about PC gaming, I really enjoy hearing about a lot of these titles that I missed from the 90s and early 2000s. I've waited to write in until I caught up to the current episode. I don't have a a top five or ten of classic games to play in 2020, but I do want to finally complete the SNES Classic Super Metroid. That is a phenomenal game to play through. Oh, yeah. Try not to uh, draw your own map. It makes it way more fun. (laughs) Uh, Travis says... Travis says, I was finally able to beat the original Legend of Zelda this year after playing it 30 years ago Uh, This is a very cool moment in my gaming career I'm gonna hunker down and beat Super Metroid and finally figure out that damn wall jump mechanic I'd also like to give Earthbound on my SNES classic a real try Wow, you just named three amazing titles (laughs) back to back to back You're starting off on good good feet Good feet? Good point. Let's go with
0: that Sure,
1: whatever Travis says, my current gaming time is divided between Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I'm 90 hours in. Wow. Uh, Damn. NCAA football 14 on Xbox 360 with updated rosters and Madden 25 on Xbox 360 with my own personally edited all time best players from each of the team's rosters. <laughs> wow. Uh, I'm also hoping to catch a good Steam sale on Octopath Traveler this year as it reminds me visually of Final Fantasy 3 from my SNES days. Uh he said he says, uh well I hope I wasn't too long winded. Thanks for all the good work and have a great twenty twenty. Sincerely, Travis from Texas. Uh no, that was not long winded at all. No.
0: <laughs> uh thank you, Travis. I'm 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 very glad to hear that you've gone through all the episodes and I'm
1: uh Yeah, and you lasted the first fifteen to first first
0: fifteen. And uh yeah, it's always fun to hear from from new listeners who have gone to all the trouble of doing that. So yeah, thank you, and please continue to write in. Yeah, please. All right. Next one comes in from Sven. He says, uh, Happy New Year. Greetings, Robin J. Has the New Year treated you well so far, and have you treated it well? Yes. I don't know if I've treated it well, but... uh, It's been been a long
1: year for me already.
0: Mine's mine's been fine. How's that? There you go. Anyway... (laughs) <laughs> anyway, many thanks for all the episodes you released in 2019 as well as previous ones. There's hardly a day on which I don't listen to your podcasts, looped all the episodes wow. once, and I'm back to ninety seven again.
1: Good for you. Uh, he's listening to it more than we have.
0: He's a maniac. Uh as <laughs> the CGP is without a doubt my favorite one. Thank you so much, Sven. I
1: yeah, really appreciate that.
0: Yeah, not only my favorite podcast related to games in general. But, but sorry, not only my favorite podcast related to games, but in general. And I listen to quite a few. So here's my top classic games to play in 2020. Number five, Ooh, fuck yeah, Earthbound. I mentioned before that I've already played about 10 hours of Earth Earthbound, but didn't like it enough to continue, continue playing. Still, I realize my only issue is in fact the combat, which is quite boring and dull, in my humble opinion. That's why I decided wow. to give it one more shot. Especially as it is constantly mentioned in your podcast, and if I'm not mistaken, was also among the top ten best classic games of all time when you recorded a hundred, where you listed your top hundred classic. Yeah, mine was like my top ten. Yeah, I was uh, gonna say
1: I would not be surprised if mine. I don't remember off the top, but that sounds like something I would do.
0: The combat, I will. I don't know if you've gotten to the part where the rolling health meter actually makes a difference in the game, Sven. But there's a there's kind of a turning point where that really comes into play, and it does kind of add a a neat dynamic to the combat. Um, So maybe that'll help. I don't know. Or, or, you know, it might just not be for you. Who knows? Number four, any Mega Man. Any suggestions which one I should play, by the way? Number two, Mega Man 2. I'm not exactly a lover of platformers, but I, uh, I I proud myself with having beaten quite a number of Mario titles, as I apparently enjoyed those. I guess the same should be true for Mega Man, or am I wrong here? Uh, it always sounded so appealing when Blake talked about the different installments of the series. By the way, bring back Blake. Um, let's see read a number of more and I apparently enjoy those. I guess the same should be true for Mega. I mean Mega Man and Mario are very different things. but uh, Mega Man 2 you gotta like for me, 100% you gotta go for Mega Man 2. Uh, a lot of people might also say Mega Man X, which is a Super Nintendo. For me, Mega Man 2 blows th- I've only played th- those two uh but Mega Man 2 is fucking killer so that's what i would recommend do you have any any input on that jay
1: i think i'm lagging out super hard i'm sorry i'm trying to
0: Mega Man recommendations any specific one uh two is probably the only one. two gotta go for two
1: I played which one did i play last year i think it was two yeah two is yeah i'm pretty sure i played two for the podcast last year as well
0: two is awesome in the the soundtrack on it is fucking awesome as well.
1: Yeah, I think I'm still cutting out. Sorry, if I if I like stutter or anything, just don't be surprised for a moment. I don't know what's going on.
0: Okay, that's cool. Number three, Super Metroid. I only recently discovered the genre of Metroidvanias for myself when I played Salt and Sanctuary and realized I actually like this type of game. Before, I always thought along what Rob always says, that coming across an area where you need a certain item or skill you don't have yet to progress, and thus knowing you'll have to backtrack here at some later point would always rub me the wrong way. It sounded almost as missing a turn off on the motorway and having to go all the way to the next turn to be able to turn back. All this going back seems like a definite loss of time, but as I said, playing Salt and Sanctuary taught me better. I especially like the fact that you have to memorize all of the rooms and paths as there is no map. By the way, that is also one of the skills gaming can teach you orientation. I mention that because I was just listening to episode 97 where your listener asked you in an email about such skills. Number 2. Final Fantasy Yes, I know, I know, hard to believe, but I have never played any Final Fantasy game. I like RPGs, even though they are not my absolute favorite type of games, but I have played my fair share of them and always enjoyed them, and one can't and one can't, in fact, call oneself a video game player without having beaten at least one of this absolute classic series of RPGs. So again, any suggestions? I think I got the memo that it should not be FF eight, by the way. Jay?
1: Solid comment.
0: What what, any recommendation? Which, which one, if he plays all I heard
1: was something, 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 not final fantasy. That's what I just,
0: (laughs) Uh, okay. That's cool. Can can you hear me right now? Yes. Okay. He wants, he's never played a final fantasy game. (laughs) He wants to know which one, if we have a recommendation for which one he should play. Ooh. Um,
1: that's kind of tough. What's a good starting point? It's got to um, be either
0: 6, 7, or 10.
1: I feel like 7 or 10 is a pretty pretty good entry for... I feel like you could throw a 9 in there as well. Uh, I feel like if you want to do PS1, I'd probably recommend 7. If you're okay with PlayStation 2 probably 10. They're both they're both a, a great way to get into the series I feel like.
0: Okay, so if you want a 2D more pixely looking one, the way to go is 6, 100%, which was yeah, Final sure. Fantasy 3 in the United States, uh, it's the it's the Japanese version 6. Um but yeah, as if if you if you want a 3D one, then like you said, I kind of I guess it's kind of more if you want to lean toward PS1 or PS2. Um, I, so I haven't played nine, so I can't speak to that one. So you would say which? What would you recommend if you said if you had to pick for him to play seven or ten? Uh it's tough. it's a, it's it's such a hard one. I I almost yeah. can't. I, I can't.
1: That's a tough one for me. Seven I, or ten? Really
0: is. Let's say it's it's equal. It's a coin flip. Yeah, for seven yeah. or ten, unless you want to play, you know, a two D Super Nintendo style one, then go for six. Is what I'd say.
1: Yeah, I think it's a great great recommendation.
0: Okay. Number one, beat him and eat him. <laughs> <laughs> he says, just, oh, just kidding. Number one, Arya of Sorrow and Symphony of the Night. Yes, I'm aware these are two games. Thanks, Captain Obvious. Okay, the reason for these two sharing the top spot is I haven't decided which one I'm going to start with. But as I said in regards to number three, I really want to try more allegedly great metroidvanias and aria of sorrow as well as symphony of the night are on my top lists are on the top of many lists online of best castlevania games so i'm going to definitely try to play them first and i'm going to beat them and eat them (laughs) i'd like to end my email with a question the reason for it is the fact that listening to all your episodes i realize that both of you but especially jay seem to have a lot of time for playing video games I say, especially Jay, because there's hardly an episode, I think there really is none, where he doesn't say, I played the shit out of this game (laughs) at least once or twice. That's a good one. It does. I had never really thought about that, but that is 100% accurate. Sometimes he goes a step further and also comes with an estimate on how many hours he has played a certain game, usually more than 200. On one episode after some new installment of WoW had come out, he even claimed to have played 300 hours in the last month. Meaning he played about ten hours each day. You think that's you think that's true, or you think you're overestimating that?
1: That first month when classical came out, I was playing eighteen hours a day. <laughs> like the first two weeks, I was playing. I was playing eighteen hours a day on average, and then once I start go back to work, it was like ten hours a day, probably. Oh, yeah, shit. I was playing like nonstop.
0: I'm not so making you know, that up. He says, check out the episode. Though I still don't recall. Though I don't recall the number. It is exactly what he said.
1: <laughs> yeah, so. You can, uh, you can look at my character logs. It's uh, pretty impressive.
0: So uh, so my question is, how much, how much do you play? How many hours per week in general? It seems to me, even though Jay had to be about 579 years old, if all the numbers of how long he played all the games were actually true, that it still must be quite a lot. I, for myself, play about two to three hours each day, and that is actually quite a lot, given the fact that I have two very young boys at home, but even at this pace, it takes me at least a month to finish games like Sekiro or Dark souls
1: so so generally for me it's I, I have quite a bit of time to do it it when i get into something i thought this is a guys rob and i were literally talking about this before the podcast when i get into something i go like head first i don't like tiptoe into things generally if i like something i just commit fully to it and i will dedicate so much time to it probably more time than i should um i don't have any kids i have a dog and i live with my girlfriend so usually after I got off work, uh, once I'm home, I'm usually playing games for like four or five hours each night, depending. I usually have four or five hours of freedom every night that I can just do whatever I want. So sometimes my friends come over, we play a lot of board games. Like I talked about Gloomhaven. I'm hundreds of hours deep in a Gloomhaven, like legitimately hundreds of hours in a Gloomhaven, which, by the way, they announced the an expansion. Oh, oh my fuck. God. I'm so excited. Oh, anyways that's a, that's a side note. Fuck
0: yeah. Expanded.
1: Oh. Oh, I'm so excited. You have no idea. Like it, what they've talked about. It looks incredible. So I'm very excited for that. But uh, yeah, <laughs> so generally each night I have like four to five hours and on the weekends I have whatever time I have. I mean, re- realistically, I mean, I camp a lot. I like to do different things. So um, I don't know. I, I don't have a whole lot of responsibilities outside my job.
0: So you think Just you put practice. about three or four hours in a day of, of playing games. Uh, so
1: like right now I'm playing North guard nonstop. I probably play North guard three or four hours a night, like almost every night right now. Um, I probably the weekends more than that. But.
0: I probably do. I would say I average about two hours a day, sometimes much less, maybe a little bit less than that. Overall. I'd say, I'd say like on the weekends I get in a whole bunch on the weekdays. It can be anywhere from 30 minutes to two hours. So I, yeah, think I gen-
1: it, generally sacrifice sleep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think it generally hours averages out to 1.5 to two hours a day for uh, a day for me because I do. So like I work from home, so I don't have to worry about the time spent driving and stuff. So when it's five o'clock, I'm like, bam, I'm playing something. Um, I do have uh, a daughter and I do have too many. Jay and I were talking about this before the podcast. I have way too many hobbies than i should so i spend a lot of time doing other things as well otherwise my my hours would be probably closer to three or four per day but uh, i do a lot of other stuff so uh i i play games in general probably about you know and i all, another thing is i don't really watch tv i would much rather play a game than than watch a tv show most of the time
1: yeah me too Unless I get into something, there are certain shows, like, when I get into it, I'm, like, all in. Like, when I watched Attack on Titan, I was all in on that last game. Yeah. Gunther. I was like, anything like that, I'm just, like, all in on. But generally, if I'm watching a show, we'll binge and watch, you know, something stupid. And then, you know, I'll watch one or two episodes.
0: Or like I was saying earlier, I finished Neon Genesis Evangeline, and now I'm watching Gundam Zero Zero. But even those, it's not. It's a lot different. You know, a lot of people will just sit on the couch and turn on the TV and just sit there and kind of, like, chill out and watch TV. And usually they'll spend an hour, a couple hours doing that. For me, it's like, I'm going to watch it in one episode. Bam, I pull it up on my laptop. I watch it for 28 minutes or however long it is, and I'm done. So it doesn't take that much. It's not like I'm just kind of like sitting around just just watching a show. I'll watch one episode at a time, and it doesn't take that long. And then I'm off, you know, doing doing other things. So I guess that's kind of how I end up playing as much as I do. He says, so that's also all like. Short or a short word degenerates. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, I could have just said that. So that's all, I guess. Keep the episodes coming and bring back Blake and have more contests like the infamous Tetris challenge. One of the absolute highlights when Rob mentioned his score and then Jay started jubilating and Blake started groaning both at the same time, (laughs) which said everything there was to say about their respective scores. That's good. Best wishes. Clean dishes. Sven. Wow. All right. Got a cup. We got three more. This one is from Ryan. Actually, I'm going to read this one because I believe Ryan is probably going to have something to say about stuff that I had about about Final Fantasy stuff, because I had talked with him on Twitter briefly and told him that I was playing this and to write in. He, he, Ryan's the one, if you remember, who speed runs Final Fantasy one. Uh, oh, yeah. The, the PSP version. So I told him if he has any Final Fantasy two thoughts to send them in. Uh, Ryan says, I just remembered that y'all are recording tonight. Hopefully I can get this emailed in time. Robert mentioned he was playing uh, Final Fantasy 2. I haven't really played that one much, but my brother used to speed run it, so I have seen a lot of it. The word memory system seemed dumb to me. Yep. <laughs> I'm sure Robert has already explained how it works, but it's dumb. Take my word for it. The other overall funny thing about the game is the fact that almost every fourth character dies. <laughs> Helping the kids generally ends badly for you, like Joseph being crushed by a boulder. Yep. Now, for the speedrun tech. Since skills level up by use, speedrunners focus on fists and shields. Fists are the starter, quote, weapon and level up quickly, allowing Guy to become an early boss destroyer. Leveling up shields increases your evasion percentage, which is vital for speedruns. Because we only want to fight enemies we have to. Just like FF1, there are certain enemy encounters you cannot run away from. However, unlike FF2, it's not static. Enemies you can run from in one part of the game are unrunnable in others. Huh. So there's a ton of memorization. For unrunnable encounters, you use teleport tomes to warp enemies out of combat or fire tomes to kill enemies immune to teleport. Uh, Real quick, the teleport thing I had forgotten about, that was something else that uh, Blake was mentioning on the episode that I went back and listened where he talked about this. You know how, like, in... You know how like they have a lot. So, some Final Fantasy games have really powerful spells that have like a really low percentage. Yeah, uh, like hit, like death, for instance. Well, teleport is kind of like that. Except once you level it up, it gets to be very usable. And I didn't know that so I didn't use it at all in my playthrough. But apparently, you can just like just start teleporting enemies away without even having to fight them, and it even works on boss battles. <laughs> So if you have teleport leveled enough, you can just use teleport on a boss and it just teleports him away and you win the battle. (laughs) Uh, Since we are avoiding enemies, we need to we need ways to farm money. Say hello to the memory puzzle game. If you can complete the puzzle with zero mistakes, you get 20,000 gil an elixir and a cottage. The, uh, the way you can manipulate the game is to complete the puzzle, memorizing the pattern, then resetting the puzzle 31 times to come back around to the pattern you just memorized, since there are only 32 patterns programmed in the game. Experienced runners will do the puzzle twice. Noobs should probably do it a third time, so you have extra cash to purchase tomes. Now for my favorite... Now for my top five retro games I plan to play this year. No real order. King's Quest 1. Ouch. I've been playing through this casually. Once once I fumble around with a stupid text parser, parser and find everything and beat the game, I do plan to speedrun it. It seems to be a fairly quick run. World record is 1, <laughs> one minute and 44 seconds. <laughs> I haven't watched it yet since I'm still trying to discover everything myself. Final Fantasy 2. Okay, this isn't because Robert was playing it, but likely for the same reason because 2 after because 2 comes after 1. I want to eventually play all the FF games. I'm not sure if I plan to speedrun on it. I might just go, I might just to get on the leaderboard with my brother, but I have no intention of doing the personal best grind, trying to get a really low timed personal best. Watching my brother do the grind was almost painful for me to observe. Wow. Mechanized attack. It's an NES zapper game. I picked up late last year. It's not a well-known SNK game. From what I understand, it's similar to operation wolf but with a lot less screen flashing. Operation Wolf should come with a seizure warning. My goal is to speed run it and a couple other Zapper games I picked up. I think at this point I own all the licensed Zapper games, which really isn't that many. The original Legend of Zelda. I want to speed this one, but there is a screen wrap glitch that is per, that is frame perfect that I struggle to perform.
1: Yes, I know exactly what he's talking about. Based oh, on really? that YouTube channel that I shouted out before. Yeah, you. So the, my understanding is like you have to be three frames from one of the sides so like, let's say you're moving to the right of a screen. You remember how in Zelda 1, when you get to the edge of the screen, it moves the next screen yeah, over? Yeah. So what you do is, you're, you're, I believe you're supposed to be three frames from the edge, and then you step to the right, but immediately turn the opposite direction, and you teleport to the other side of the map. And it's like oh, a wow. way you can skip so much content and so much time. Yeah. Interesting. Typical.
0: Cool. Okay. Uh, the main push for me to get this one done is a journalist for inside military esports wants to do a co-stream where he is playing Zelda casually while I speed run it. It, sound, <laughs> it sounds cool. It sounds fun but certainly, but currently I'm the one holding his back since I haven't figured out the run yet. Lastly, Mega Man X. I have never casually beaten this game. I will eventually conquer it. Not sure if I plan to speed run it but I will beat it. Damn, that game, I beat that game but it was only because I had save states. Uh, so it, depending on how you're playing it, Ryan, uh that game is a beast at the in the final stages. Uh, with that, I'm going to wrap up this email so I can finish putting kids to bed. Look forward to listening to another awesome classic gaming podcast. God bless, Ryan. Thank you so much, Ryan. Thank you. It's always good yeah. to hear. That's that's always good, interesting stuff to hear about the speedrunning and all. All right, Jay. This is a follow-up from Father Beast, and then we got one more.
1: Okay. Uh, is it already posted in here? Oh, yeah, I see. Mm-hmm. Father Beast says, hello, or hey, Classic Gamers, Father Beast here. I know this email is probably late for the podcast, but it really doesn't matter as this can be read at any time. I just have a couple of items I forgot to cover in previous communications. First up is my report on my last game on my top five games to play on the Commodore 64 Mini. That is Questron. Unfortunately, I have nothing to report since I could not get this game to load at all on the Commodore 64 Mini. I thought the problem would come when switching discs, uh, but but I can't even get that far. I may try this sometime on uh, Commodore 64 Forever, uh, the emulator I have on my computer, but for now I've got nothing on this game. So i hear that. Uh, Father Beast goes on to say, next item of business is the top five and bottom five games I play for the podcast this year. This might be a little difficult since I don't play that many games for the podcast, uh, especially this year. It's mostly games of the quarter and Commodore 64 mini games, but we'll see. Top five or bottom uh, five worst games play for the podcast in 2019 Questron, As I said, I couldn't get this to run enough. Said, uh, number four. Are you, why are you doing that? Me? Yeah.
0: Was that good? Could, could you hear me breathing?
1: No, you highlighting the text. You
0: oh, fool. sorry. <laughs> sorry. I, I wasn't trying to mess you up. I was just like messing around. Like, I forget sometimes. Oh, okay. I was
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> is he doing this up early? And you start highlighting exactly what I'm reading. I'm like, this is so challenging. <laughs>
0: I forget that, that you can see what I'm highlighting. Sometimes I'll just like <laughs> dick around and just like get bored and, and highlight stuff. That's so funny. That's
1: funny. <laughs> uh, number four, Rogue. I really just couldn't get into this, though I feel like I gave it a shot. Uh, number three, Impossible Mission. Interesting, but balls hard, and the win isn't very satisfying. It's
0: because it's impossible. Number two,
1: true. Number two, Mr. Mosquito. I didn't even play this, and it just <laughs> looks so terrible. Good call. Uh, number one, Die Katana. Wow, this is this was bad, and I feel bad for voting for it. I couldn't even make it through the game using cheat codes. I don't like first-person shooters anyway, but this may be the worst genre I've, the worst of the genre I've ever had to play. Okay, enough of that. Time for top five best games played for the podcast in 2019. Number five, Castle Wolfenstein. Kind of a cool proto-stealth game of sorts. Still have some fun wall playing. Uh, number four, Quest for Glory 2, Trial by Fire. My summer game of the quarter. Fun and funny, but will kill you in unfair manners. And that puts sort of a damper on my enjoyment. Number three, Jumpman. What a cool platformer with lots of fun and variation. If only I was better at platforming. Number two, Below the Root. Yeah, the graphics and sound are primitive and I can't even save, but there's just something so relaxing and atmospheric about the game that I just keep coming back to it. And number one, Diablo. This was a winner. And to think it was originally going to be just another roguelike. This is so much better and it's not just a relief from not playing Dicatan anymore. This game is good under any circumstances. Okay, that's a short email for me. Still listening, Father Beast. Thank you for the follow-up.
0: Thank you, Father Beast. As always, all right, that's going to wrap us up. Um, Jay, any current gaming subcast you want to talk about? Yeah,
1: I'll make the, I'll make this pretty quick because okay. it's getting getting pretty long. Um, I have talked to you about this, but during the Steam sale, I purchased two games. Uh, one of them I'm not really ready to talk about yet because I haven't put enough time into it. But the other one, amazingly. Just impressed. it is so I've been looking for an, a newer RTS to play. I went back and played a few more old school classic RTSs and generally I get really bored because the mechanics are very simple like command and conquer command and conquer is a prime example of a game that everybody loves. Um, you know everybody always says, oh, when do you talk about good RTSs back in the day it was command and conquer. Then you play command and conquer and a lot of the older ones are really simplistic and very boring. Uh, they're very linear, especially the campaigns are just kind of repetitive and uh, the mechanics and the graphics are just so unbearable, right? Um, usually, when I go back and play old-school RTSs, you have Warcraft, you have Starcraft, et cetera, et cetera, um, that are high-caliber ones that are still, you know, great to this day. uh But I've been looking for newer ones, and I still obviously play Age of Empires uh, too a lot. The game. They just did another release of that. It's getting up there with the Diablos in terms of the the number of times they've re-released it. It's insane. Or Final Fantasy <laughs> 10. Um, they have done like so many different versions. Um, but I ended up buying some games for the Steam sale, and one of them I read was a different take on an RTS, um, and the game is called Northgard. Uh, Northgard is um, very Viking-esque. You are playing a couple different uh, Viking clans that have different attributes based on um, who they are, which determines their play style. And now, when I originally read this game, somebody said, this is a different take on an RTS. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. You, you, have, my, you have my interest. So um, I started playing it, and that is probably the most accurate description of this game possible. It is a very... It has the essence of an RTS where the early game is slow and the late game is insane and picks up a lot because there's a lot going on and it does it at a really nice pacing. And oddly enough, this game is very challenging without having intense micro. Let me say that again for a real time strategy game. It does not have intense micro, which is incredible to think about. You think of StarCraft, you think of Age of Empires, you think of WarCraft, all these games I was talking about before, these games are incredibly micro-intensive and generally can be decided in a single micro battle. Now, that's not to say there isn't micro, but the level needed is much, much smaller. So um, the way I describe this game to people, it is a um, grand strategy game mixed with an RTS, a little bit more RTS than I would say grand strategy, but um, it definitely has some elements of both of them. Um, A a basic game starts, you have your basic resources, you have uh, lumber, you have food, uh, you have um, coin are the three primary resources, okay? Um, When you start the game, you have a town hall, just like anything else. And you start on a single, single tile, and there are a bunch of tiles surrounded uh, around you that are unexplored, and you can't see anything in them. You can't see your opponent. It's the Fog of War. So you have to build uh, a structure. It's called the Scout Camp. You build the Scout Camp, you train one of your villagers, one of your starting uh, villagers, uh, which villagers, when they're not doing anything, they just pick food for you, which is pretty cool. So even if you don't have them assigned to a test, they're just picking food at a slower rate than somebody who is focused in that trade. Um, But the scout camp, you finish it and then you send your scouts to explore and they basically stand on the edge of the tile and they just put their hand over their eye like they're blocking the sun from it. And they just stand there for a short duration before they open the tile for you. The tile is revealed and it can be something from ore to lumber to monsters to super monsters uh, to food to like farming and fishing. Um, It could be a lore stone, which lore similar to like civilization as you accumulate more lore, you unlock uh, that the tree opens up and there's three separate trees you can focus on. Uh, And obviously the more points you put into one tree, you go deeper and deeper into it. um, And that has a lot of strategy to it. So when you expose tiles, sometimes it's a bad one. It has a monster on it. Well, you can't can't do anything to that monster tile because um, you have to expand your perimeter every time in order to um, gather resources from that tile. So originally you have one tile. After you scout, you can then take over a tile if there's no monsters or enemies on it. Enemies meaning the, the bad guys. Monsters, again, is a neutral faction. Um, so essentially, as you explore, if there's a tile with no monsters or people on it, you can claim it utilizing food and then expand into that territory. That's a real real rough rough start of it. Um, the reason I like this game so much is when you start getting involved in combat, uh, the, each of the races has a different different attributes to them that make their playstyles all unique. The campaign is very fun, it's challenging. I'm playing on the second hardest difficulty, and I'm struggling. And I'm very impressed by this because I'm generally a pretty good RTS player and especially when it comes to AI um i have i've owned this game for a month and i've played for and i will screenshot this if i need to uh as of today let's see (laughs) i have played 76
0: hours
1: (laughs) i bought this when can you see the date that you purchased i'm actually kind of curious i don't know if
0: you can but it was like it was 2020 i believe right Uh, um i think
1: it was probably at the very end of uh 2019 like right around because i I was looking for someone to play during christmas um this game is very fun if you like rtss if you're i'm getting a little bit older my my abilities to micro are getting worse um it's really frustrating and when i go back i tried playing starcraft again Super heated. i know what to do i can't do it i'm not fast enough and it's going to take me a lot of time to accumulate the muscles to do it again and i'm just too lazy um, so I wanted to play an RTS that didn't involve micro, or it, it does involve micro, but it it's not nice as, to me. as critical. It is very nice. It's visually very appealing. The music very subtle, but it's there. Um, the strategy is endless. I've lost numerous times to just the neutral AI because forgot to mention this: the neutral AI will attack you. So you have wolves, you have Valkyr, you have dragons that are just kind of sitting on these tiles, and occasionally they will attack you. And sometimes it's not that big a deal. It's a couple wolves. Other times when it's a Valkyrie or one of these elf-type creatures. Oh, I forgot to mention this too. So the tiles, uh, the other tiles, there can be uh, neutral factions. So there's like kobolds, which they are just cancer. They just spread to outward tiles, and they'll eventually try to take over your tiles. Uh, There are these elf-like things. They're like these rogues that'll randomly decide that they just don't like you, so they'll attack you. But you can build relationships with them. Um, You can trade with them in order to earn reputation with them so that they fuck off, so they don't attack you the entire time um what's really frustrating sometimes is your opponent may attack you as one of the neutral factions is attacking you and it's brutal because you're trying to defend one end of your base while the other one's dying and it's it has <laughs> caused me to alt F four more than once because it's just so frustrating so you have to be aware of what's going on the last thing uh is there are events that happen um so there's something like an earthquake an earthquake will happen your buildings are damaged you have to repair them not a big deal there's one that involves a kraken so if you're utilizing your shipyard and you're trading resources with somebody else uh the kraken will come out and he will slap every boat that is moving out of the water and kill everybody in it which is devastating absolutely devastating (laughs) um some of the other effects are there's rats that happen that cause your villagers to get sick Um, which is a big pain in the ass because I forgot to mention one of the other key resources is happiness. Uh, Based on your happiness, your population will grow at a faster and faster rate. Conversely, if you have negative reputation, your people won't disappear, thankfully, but they will stop growing. Um, I have gotten so low. So normally you're between like one and 10. That's pretty average i've been at negative 56 because i ran out of wood and my (laughs) people were freezing my people were literally dying because they were freezing uh this game i forgot to mention it it is brutal at times you think you're doing the right macro steps and then you look up and your meters essentially you'll see it'll you'll have your your sum total of resource like food and then next to it'll have a plus or minus so plus one minus 10 plus 36 that's your growth rate And there are times during blizzards, which is another event that happens, where your consumption of lumber goes up by like four times. And during winter, winter happens obviously every year. Um, It lasts for, I don't know, five or ten minutes. A year probably lasts 20, 25 minutes at most. Um, But essentially every winter, your production goes down greatly and your consumption goes up, right? Um, During a blizzard, it is critical that you have accumulated enough resources to survive that winter because your people are not going to be able to produce or accumulate any resources during that time so if you get to a blizzard and you just pissed away a lot of resources expanding or doing something uh, a little bit aggressive you will starve you will freeze you will run out of money your people will deteriorate you will die and it's just over and you may not even you may not even have seen your opponent this game you just died to a blizzard (laughs) and and it does happen it's very funny that's awesome it's a very fun game i've watched some people play against other people and it looks like a pretty fun rts to play against others too there are some pretty cool tricks that people do and the strategy just seems to be uh pretty open so this game i think it was like eight dollars or six dollars when i bought it during the sale um if you're into rts's highly recommend it take a look at it like i said 76 hours into it and i've had it for i think a month now maybe so
0: you sold it pretty well
1: good they're giving me 10 percent of every sale so
0: <laughs> uh I don't really have much to say. I will just say very very briefly. I'm still playing Final Fantasy 14, still having lots oh, of fun. Oh yeah,
1: I keep seeing you on that you addict. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you guys are worried about how much I'm playing games. Look at this guy. He's, every time I look, look at him he's on Final Fantasy 14. He's playing yep. right now.
0: I'm almost to level 50. I think I'm very I think I'm pretty close to finishing the main quest storyline just of the of the base game. I haven't gotten to the, I I bought the expansions but I haven't gotten to the expansion content yet. And, uh, aside from that, I, um, I did give death stranding a shot and ultimately felt fairly similar to how most people felt. I don't think it's a really, I don't think it's a terrible game. Like some people say, but I did get bored with it because just because of the, I mean, if you've heard anything about it, the the nature of the gameplay is pretty repetitive and I was able to deal with that for a while. And I think it would have been longer If it weren't for the fact that, like, I've got other games to play, this has, like, you know, along with the gameplay being a little bit repetitive and and not that interesting, um, there are, like, a whole bunch of systems that you kind of have to learn. I wasn't, like, it's kind of hard to tell, like, what's important and what's not and what you really need to focus on and what you can kind of, you know, not necessarily worry about too much. And it kind of got to where it was, like, too much stuff going on, and that can combine with the gameplay not being fantastic and me having... Uh, other stuff that I wanted to try out also, I eventually fell off of it after about five hours or so. I don't think it's terrible, but I also didn't love it enough to keep on going with it.
1: Oh, wow. I'm surprised. I thought you were playing pretty extensively.
0: Death Stranding?
1: Oh, I'm so sorry. I thought you were talking about Final Fantasy.
0: No, 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 no. no. Final Fantasy. I'm I'm still going strong. Okay. Don't worry about Bye. that. Bye. Don't worry about that. Um, and that's it. That's all I got. Our game of the quarter. We'll talk about it at the end of March, I guess. Um, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. That's on uh, DS originally. Is that right? Or is it GBA originally? Uh I think Boy it's is. GBA. Yeah, yeah. There is, a three, there is a version on 3DS. That's what I have. That's the version I'll be playing. Um, But anyway, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga is what we're doing. Give us all some reviews on iTunes. Tell all your friends to listen to us. Send us emails. Mail at ClassicGamingPodcast.com. Oh, we forgot to talk about the next top five really quickly. Our next top five is going to be bad games in series that in game series that you love so yeah franchise you love but bad games in it um and uh follow us at class games cast follow me i'm at king octavius check out other uh podcasts on the hp video game podcast network and we will be back to see you guys in three weeks thank you all for listening